yeah. Yeah. My energy's a little low. Why is that? I don't know. I was listening to a thing today about the somatic model of the body and the polyvagal system, and I can't even tell what causes my problems or what reflects my problems anymore, John. Polyvagal system. Polyvagal. Thank you. <laughs> I, you know, I studied the polyglavin system. Mm. Have you considered that, uh, what is it, that your uh, vitreous humors might not be in balance? Of course I have. Of course you have. I'm, I'm a seasoned scientist. Mm-hmm. I think about these kinds of things a lot. No, no, I mean, like, I was just uh, urinating a few minutes ago before we started talking, and I was thinking, I do feel a little bit like the body keeps the score um, open. <laughs> what? Go ahead. Go ahead. It's funny. Because uh, you, that's a proper noun. It's the title of a book that you have read, but it's it's also works in the sentence. Anyway, continue. Huh? I'll have to listen back. You also feel like the body keeps the score. Oh, I do. And mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> that's like one of those names that's a sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? It doesn't matter. But you know, just to, 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 I, I'm worried that I I don't want to turn into a fruitcake. But there are some very interesting ideas around. Huh? You're in the wrong state for that. I can't. What is it? You? I mean, look, look, I hope you don't think that I like California. I don't have I love any California. What? What is your problem then? You're saying you it's, like a, it's like a it's like a bowl of cereal. Yeah, well, you, but you don't want to turn into a fruitcake. But you went to the state where the fruitcakes come from. I, fa- I thought this would be from like Wisconsin or something. Mm, I guess. Oh, so you weren't speaking analogously. Mm. You're speaking literally. Anyway, that place that like sends out like a million fruitcakes. I know what you're talk, for... talking about. Yeah, I don't know. See, that feels very Midwestern, Northern Midwest to me. Um. Anyways, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we got some follow up this week. What's going on, John? You start. I'll uh, I'll jump in. Sure. This is from Jake Gubb talking about getting over your skis. I think you were talking about that, and I, I, I always found the expression puzzling because it didn't really make sense what to me. What you said was, you keep using that, if memory serves, what you said to me was, you keep using the phrase getting over your skis, and, and then in a very uh, you way, you said, well, what do you think that means? Yeah, because I was wondering if there was something in your mind that made more sense than what I was thinking of, but there wasn't. I but... was thinking of snow skiing, too. I don't know what it means, yeah. but I figured it had to be snow skiing. So uh, Jake says, for people who ski on lakes and are being pulled by a boat, you're instructed to lean back. If you get over your skis, you're almost certainly getting pulled onto your face. With the rope taut, and small tugs on the rope can right you if falling backwards, but there's no way to push the rope. Pushing a rope, one of your favorite things, no way to push the rope. Mm. So getting over your skis uh, is your last mistake. The phrase always made sense in that context. I guess if the first thing you think of when you think of skis is water skiing, then it probably does make more sense, I suppose. Uh, I have done, A, I've done more water skiing than snow skiing, hmm. which is that I've done it more than once. And and B, um, I I won't say I was good at it, but uh, sort of like we were talking about last week with pursuing the things that we feel like we're not terrible at. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. I don't know if I was good at it, but I was able to get up on the first couple tries. And uh, have you ever water skied? Mm-hmm. It's really, it's kind of exciting. I don't think I, I didn't really prefer the whole being pulled by a powerful thing. I, I, th- I think I like the idea of snow skiing with gravity doing the work more than something pulling. Uh, you're, me, you you're a purist. No, it's not many more purists. It's a different sensation for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like it a lot. I mean, it's it's one of those it's one of those things that like you can water ski 
especially if the driver's drinking and isn't very safe. There's a lot of places that you can water ski. You can ski in a river. Obviously, a lake is good, but you can, um, we've skied out and we ski out in the, um, in the bay. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, th- oh, thank you to, I want to get the name right. Thank you to uh, listener Jake uh, for that. And yet, and yet, I grew up in a place, first I grew up in a place that had a little bit of snow skiing. And then I grew up in a place that had a fair amount of water skiing. And that's funny. Isn't it kind of funny that in my head, I, without reservation, thought of that as a snow skiing thing. I think if you just say skiing without any qualification or surrounding context, people are going to go for snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, Thank you very much, Jake. Got a two, uh, there might be more, but two bits of fall. See, do you see Jake's the username? I think I just got that. It's J-A-K-E-G-U-B. I think it's the Twitter handle, right? But oh, I think it's that's Jacob. Supposed- yeah, J A C O B, right? Yeah. Oh, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. 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 That's good. I like that. Mm. Good job. Or maybe, no, maybe it's Jake Gunn. Well, did you, did you fat finger it? Did I fat finger it? No, bow, no. Bow, it's the handle J A K E G U B. Jake Gub. Now, what was the name? Jamie Gum was the mm-hmm. uh, was the person at Smilance Smilance of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of low energy tonight, John. I gotta warn you. I think it might be something with my somatic system. Maybe I should put the apron on. <laughs> Did you have a nap today? What? Yeah, not enough. I, no. I, I'm, you know, when they have when we have like the little kids and they have like a nap failure. Oh, believe me, I know about. I the thing is, you know, the worst nap failure is on a day where you have to be somewhere. You know how you structure your whole mm-hmm. life around sleep hygiene, and then yeah. you have to be somewhere at the worst time, like mm-hmm. six forty-five p.m. Mm-hmm. I mean, in some ways, it's better for it to be nine p.m. Because at least yeah. then the baby would be like asleep. Yeah. But no, I do know what you mean. And if you have an abortive uh, nap attempt, <sighs> no, no. I think I'm in a polyvagal stage right now. I think I might be in freeze. I'm very low energy. I think I think, uh, I think my trauma has overtaken me. I'll be all right. I'll, I'll come out of it or I won't. I don't really have a lot of agency in it. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a little nap, a little nap. Yeah, sometimes I just go through ebbs. I, uh, God, I wish I could just be recharged. Tell Dan today, I wish somebody could just put me to sleep for 30 days. 30, 30 days. Knock me out for 30 days. Someone, someone wrote a book on that, didn't they? My year of sleep. There you go. A very, very good writer. His name is escaping me. You know, I think, uh, it doesn't matter. Hey, here's some more follow-up. My energy's low. Um, this is about drawing and a couple nice notes from listeners. And if there are more, hey, I'll take them. Uh, I'm reading this name as Merrick Bell. Merrick. Sorry, you've probably gotten that your whole life. I'm so sorry, Merlin, like the wizard. Did you see what I just did? I just no, didn't. I don't even get the reference you were doing. Father Merrick. What is that from? Exorcist. The Exorcist? Yeah. Yeah. Remember Father Merrick? I, I remember the guy. I just remember the name. <clears throat> you know, Max von Sydow was actually relatively young. when he, Max von Sydow has always, even when he was in the Seventh Seal, mm-hmm. you know, in the 60s, he looked like he was in the 70s. And just like Wilford Brimley. Well, did you, did you, okay, let me ask you a pop, pop quiz hot shot. Uh, how familiar are you with Max von Sydow? Pretty, pretty familiar, right? You know him when he pops up, right? Sure. You ever seen uh, Three Days of the Condor? I have not. That's a pretty good one. You guys should do that for your little movie club. Hmm. Yeah, Mark- we have something else planned for our next one. one which I don't even want to know. Marco, I, I, I told you this in our super secret private text messages. I can't tell when it's a bit for Marco anymore. How does he not like Hunt for Red October? I, I understand it's an old movie and times have changed. But maybe I'm like, I'm like Casey, I guess, maybe where like I remember seeing it on probably something like USA in the 90s. Same way I would have seen like the Big Lebowski, just, you know, those those basic cable stations that would just show movies like all the time. 
And uh, I loved Hunt for Red October very, very much. And I, I think Marco was a little Good bit, uh, I think he was a little bit dismissive about it. I don't think he was dismissive. He said he liked it fine. He just wasn't over the moon about it. But, you know. Yeah, but I mean. He's not, I, he's not super into movies. Of all, of all your friends who like things, well, I'm saying this to you, which makes no sense. But I generally am not <laughs> mad if somebody doesn't like something. <laughs> Except it's for saying, you. Except for you. Uh-huh. Okay, right. <laughs> I should Billy the uh, well, well, well. Look who's using the whole rating system. Mm-hmm. John was kind enough to send me a screenshot of my son's uh, <clears throat> two-star uh, rating for Triangle of Sadness. I think that's lower than I rated, isn't it? Oh, it is. Oh, it's definitely lower. Don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. A couple things about uh, about drawing. Um, this is from um, Merrick Bell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned what's on? What I do wrong? What I, Not what make noise. Well, that was cute. What was that noise? Just, just continue. What am I? Am I pronouncing something wrong? No, I'm just laughing at the idea that we're tr- struggling to figure out what these people's names are because no one puts their full names in their profiles anymore. D- uh, you know, um, Dale Carnegie says that, that to every person, their name is the most precious sound in the world. You're, you need to put that one in your quotes file because it's mutating. You're mutating. Merrick says, <laughs> "Read me a few, please." You got somewhere to be. I told you I have low energy. Are you seated right now, by the way? Yeah. Okay, good. Good, good. Well, I mean, to me, that's, you know, that's good. You don't have too much of a situation going on down there. Mm -hmm. Merrick says, um, uh, he addresses my name. And he says, "Uh, you mentioned something. Oh, there you are. Hey, don't get your cursor off my name. Just read. Don't be distracted. I'm not distracted. You're distracted. I'm perfect. I'm exactly doing exactly what I'm supposed to do. You, Mm -hmm. on the other hand, are getting a little bit emotional. Mm-hmm. Which is which is not the most masculine thing you could be doing right now. That's a, quite a sexist thing to say. You're a sexist thing to say. Got some feedback from Merrick. Merrick says uh, he addresses my name on the uh, elephant site. You mentioned some people can draw just a few lines and capture the essence of a thing. Um, he says to practice this, try drawing with your non-dominant hand, because there's no way for you to be accurate. It forces you into this. Uh, try drawing at least a few things. That way, with your non-dom hand, see if it works. Uh, thank you, Merrick Bell. I, I have done this before, and I had, similarly to the results I described last week of trying to draw something that you've never seen upside down, it definitely screws with my, with my wiring. And really, several things we talked about, uh, but, but you know, just underscore, thank you, Merrick. I will try this again. Along all those ways you try to psych out whatever part of your brain is feels like a block to making things, I mean, yeah, you're pushing a pencil. How hard is it? But all the things you talked about, like you do it without lifting the pencil, right? Do it. There's one, oh God, drawing without looking at the paper. I don't mm-hmm. think we even mentioned that one. That's a, mm-hmm. that can be a pretty wild one. Have you I've done any of those sorts of, I mean, you're good at what you do and you've had the training and what whatnot. What I do is not very nice. Not even close. Was that supposed to be Wolverine? I, I don't have it in the quotes file. I'm doing, I'm doing it's the best like, I can here. I've never actually read that. I only know it's secondhand. I, I don't think I need to give you, I think you can, I think you can clone my gist. <laughs> <laughs> I, we should probably talk clone to our wives. We should probably talk to our wives first. Clone my gist. Um, yeah, I think it's the, something the, like the, 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 drawing, the best, drawing the best without... there is at what I do and what I do is uh, unpleasant. Nice. Oh, come on, I was close. Let me see. Yeah. I'm not, don't, uh, come on. Well, let's get back to Merrick. Hey, thank you, Merrick, for that. I'm going to try that again. <clears throat> and then one more piece, quick piece of uh, drawing follow-up. 
or as John says, drawing. And this is from Alex in West LA. He says, I am that listener writing in before the end of the episode. I've done this with you on ATP. I do this almost every week. I'm that listener writing in before the end of the episode about learning to draw. My daughter went through the Gluck method, methodical step-by-step skill building and practice. There's a lot of ellipses in here. No high art theory, uh, no alter to uh, right brains. Uh, so he, what, what Alex in West LA is referring to is uh, something called the Gluck Method, which I had to go and look. John, had you ever heard of the Gluck Method? I have not. Well, I'm going to look at it more. I tried to, here's the thing. I, this feels, I don't know. You know how I am, right? It feels weird. Like I went and there's a website about it. The, the books are hard to find. Maybe it's just that, maybe it's one of those things like Fred Astaire dancing at this, mm-hmm. where you got to like go to the studio to buy it. You can't just like, you know, get a video about it or something. But the way, the way it's described here though, is that, you know, well, again, just to repeat what Alex in West LA said is that there are probably tricks is not the way Mr. Larry Gluck would put it, but there are foundational skills that you can apply in different places. Did, and, uh, did, I don't know if you spent any more time on this than I did, but have you heard of things like, is this like how, like the Suzuki method for violin, do you think? Yeah, I mean, any type of thing where there's like a, a business around instruction, right? You know, learning how to play the piano, learning how to dance, learning how to draw or paint or whatever. There's going to be people who come up with a personality branded method for you learning a thing. And, I, you know, it doesn't surprise me that there are things like this in art. I mean, even if you just go to something as simple as Bob Ross. Remember Bob Ross? The, Absolutely, the, the I do. Afro? You could take Remember classes. Remember a little squirrel named Peapod? Yeah, you could take classes in how to paint like Bob Ross that I assume were somehow affiliated with him or someone would teach you the Bob Ross method and you'd buy the Bob Ross supplies. That's a good documentary, yeah. Yeah, you'd you'd buy the little tubes of paint with a little uh, cartoon of his face on them and you'd go to the class and yeah, so. God, now that you're mentioning it, I grew up with so many of these. I'm just going to say some, you're not going to remember probably any of these. Learn to play ukulele with Mel Bay. There was a Mel Bay system for learning how to play ukulele. I remember my grandmother had that book even though she's pretty good at ukulele considering she's from Kentucky. And uh, there's that one. There is the, there's Fred Astaire and Arthur Murray. These mm-hmm. like the studios where you would go. Little footprints um, on the floor. Yeah. 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 Um, and, or I guess you could even think of stuff like Charles Atlas, you know, you don't want to get sand kicked mm-hmm. in your face. Um, but I, I would be very interested in something like this. I don't know. I don't know, man. In, in my somatic model of the, of the body, you know, it's that that is what keeps literally keeps the score. Mm-hmm. Here we have uh, the quote straight, straight from the comic book panel. I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do best isn't very nice. It's close. Is it from the Frank Miller Wolverine series? He's got the yellow outfit with the big. Uh, oh, he's black, still in the, like the yellow and blue black eye things. Yeah. Oh, oh, so that's gonna be seventies. That's post. All new X Men. Uh, it was in it was in Hulk number issue one eighty one. Oh, the the oh, so the very first time he appeared. Yeah, you know that's his first appearance, and that's also back when this is all before the retcon about you know Project X, mm-hmm. the, and even before the retcon about those being bones. Do you know about this? Do you know those were gloves in the original comic? Mm. I know. Well, I'm gonna think about the physics of that. Yeah, think about a hand job. Hey, thanks everybody for uh, for for the follow up and for getting with us. This is one of those uh, special. Uh, alternate bi-weekly events where uh, we're going to have some bonus content at the end. We think we know what we're going to talk about for the extras part. John, what are we going to talk about uh, for our membership friends this week? We're going to talk about The Last of Us in the some TV form. show. 
Uh, well, it just uh, it's broader than that. But uh, yeah, the TV show is still airing as we record this. Right. Uh, episode four has just aired and episode five will be on Friday because of the Super Bowl this yep, week. Exactly. So that's where we are on the TV series. Uh, but but yeah, also... that's what I, I was curious to like catch up because I just did a podcast episode about this with some friends of ours. I know. <laughs> we'll talk about it in the after show. So, so you're now saying you can't talk about what we're talking about, even not just inside. So talking about what we're talking about is okay in the pre-flight where you were extremely imperious with me. But mm-hmm. like for me to try and give any context at all to the listener here about what interests me about this, I can't do that. Should I have saved this for the pre-flight? No, you can tease it, but don't like, don't, don't. I like uh, that you've played it. the game. All right. You know what? Forget it then. Hey, give us your money. Uh, it's a relay dot, <laughs> relay dot FM slash RD slash join. And we'd love to have you there. This is, this is totally what the after show is going to be like, by the way. <laughs> you're, you're what the after show is like. And that's the problem. I'm, I might need to get, I, I don't know. I, sh- I should bring in like John Biner or David Letterman or Joan Rivers, maybe. I should bring in somebody to sub in. Is for Joan you. Rivers still alive? No, she's so dead. Okay. Right. She used to keep her uh, jokes on index cards. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really, I, I, that was a good uh, documentary. It was, I was a good telling, documentary. I was telling my kids about that the other day because I was trying to, to explain, I don't know what I was trying to explain. I, mean, I was trying to explain index cards and maybe I was trying to explain the card catalog, but she had one of those card catalog. Like, like in level, as library. in like what you had in your elementary school library. Right. That's where she kept her jokes. Exactly my memory, right. My recollection of that documentary was that's what she had in her like New York apartment or whatever. Um, Joan Rivers had a lot of gumption, and she had a lot. I'm going into Frank Costanza mode, obviously. She had mm-hmm. a lot of gumption, but you know what? She had a lot of hustle. She was practically English in how much she just worked and worked and worked. Mm-hmm. I really admired that about her. Um, you know, also the the author, uh, the guy who wrote Lolita, whose name is Vladimir Nabokov. He, yeah. you know, he wrote on index cards. Did you know that he wrote novels on index cards? Do not recommend. I don't know, man. I started playing with Obsidian again, and it's got some neat features. It's too much for the scope of this program, but I, it's, it's, you know what? It's way beyond the scope of this program, and never mind. Index cards are good. Being able to, here's the thing. Here's the thing, you guys. You got to know it's all about, it's all about what John will call, uh, what do you call it, aspect ratio? No, about zooming in. Like, how, how zoomed in are you? Like, are you going to be very focused and deep? Are you going to go macro? Are you going to go fisheye? You know, there's different uh, different ways of looking at a problem is what I'm saying. Do you have any remarks about that? No, I was trying to figure out how I could work in some kind of binder clip joke, but couldn't figure it out. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com slash diffs. Friends, Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand, and for growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, you can engage with your audience, and and you can sell anything, your products, your services, even the stuff that you create. Whatever it is you want to do, Squarespace has got you covered. Uh, You know, you can sell your products on an online store, okay? This This is a big deal, so listen closely. So whether you sell physical things or digital things, Squarespace has the tools that you need to start selling online. Now, you can't tell these young people today you know, this is a big deal, uh, having a store. This, this is this is not a given. It's a really big deal that you can do that, and Squarespace is just giving it to you. Seems a little crazy to me, but... You can get started with the best-in-class website template, and then you customize it to fit your own needs. It really is as easy as browsing the category of your business to find a perfect starting place, and then you can customize it with just a few clicks, just a few drags. Bob is literally your uncle. Uh, maybe you all know. 
Well, you should know. I wish you'd know that I have I have a soft spot for for weblogs or blogs. Well, Squarespace does too. They have powerful blogging tools to share stories, photos, videos, updates. You'll be able to categorize, share, and even schedule your posts to make your stuff work for you. I'm a huge fan of Squarespace. This is not news, but I like to just mention it. I've been with them for a pretty long time. I think my Squarespace site is very likely older than my kid, which is complicated. Uh, But that's where Rodogon Line is. That's where my personal sites are. Uh, Maybe most saliently for you, the listener, is that Squarespace is, is my go to recommendation for anybody who wants a home on the web. Get yourself out of the webmaster business by getting yourself into Squarespace. So would you please, would you, would, would you do me, do me a favor? Would you go to squarespace.com slash diffs? That's D-A-F-F-S. Going to get you a free trial. Okay. No credit cards required. Okay. When, when you're ready to launch, use our extremely special offer code diffs. That's D-I-F-F-S. And that's going to save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Uh, personally, I would suggest you buy several websites and several domains. Um, they didn't tell us to say that, but you know, I think in some ways uh, you legitimately cannot afford not to. It's 10%. It's a lot of percent. And, and the more you spend, the more you win. They can just have that. Once again, it's squarespace.com slash diffs. And when you decide to sign up, use that offer code diffs. I'm saying it twice. It's almost like praying. It's going to get you 10% off your first purchase, and it will show your support for reconcilable differences uh, for independent programming and and for the the increasingly desperate John Syracuse. Um he has a lot more problems than he admits, as you probably suspect. Um, Squarespace. You go to squarespace.com slash diffs. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. Welcome back, everybody. Um, my dear friend, John Syracuse, is going to talk about something. Um, did you have your scheduled medical procedure this week? I did. And I don't want this to be a thing of like, oh, I was talking about my gross medical things. But like, well, two things in that one, getting older it involves an increasing amount of gross medical things. There's just no avoiding that. Presumably some of our audience is close to our age and can relate to us having to endure more gross medical things than in the <laughs> past because we are getting older. Right. Um, but two, that's not why I'm talking about this. I'm not I don't not talking about it to gross people out. I'm talking about it because it's like a novel experience and I have feelings about it and this is my feelings podcast. You know what I mean? I but do. Like, I absolutely do. But like I'm not performing the procedures and I'm not like describing them in gory detail, but it was an interesting new experience for me. I think you've already gone through this. But you get no argument from me, man. Like I I at all because I mean my one of my angles on this in addition to hoping that you got through it okay and it wasn't too unpleasant is that i think obviously because of my somatic issues i'm very interested in the idea of things like the idea of dreading something the idea of like you know um incursive invasive thoughts what what did i do now i say something funny dawn no no you're you're fine i mean you're so right like this we talked about this in the past because like in some ways, you know, when I when I scheduled this, we're talking about a colonoscopy, right? Because like you reach a certain age, it used to be when you reach 50, you're supposed to have one. Now they change it. Like the, the initial screening age is like everyone, when you turn 45, your doctor should start getting in your case to say, hey, you should get a colonoscopy. Uh, screening is just a routine thing. We do it at age 45 and every five years thereafter. So in the, uh, in the absence of, just to be clear here, and just I would like to just clarify, in the absence of a concerning issue apart from the fact that you're getting older, 
So we're just going to go in there and we're going to look around and we make, make sure there's nothing hinky going on, right? It's not, like, yep. we, it's not like we have a reason other than the fact that like this is not that difficult to yeah. do and could, could save your life in a way that your grandparents couldn't have. Yeah, that's the pitch they give you. They have everyone, your doctor will always have a story about, oh, I had a patient who, you know, did this and, you know, they ended up having colon cancer and we caught it so early they survived. And if they had waited until the screening age of 50, they'd be dead. Great story, doc. Thanks. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's the, it's, oh, no, no, they absolutely, like, uh, they absolutely do that. That's part of their power game. It's not a power game. Oh, it's a power game. Don't worry about whether it's a power game. You know, in mine. Uh, it, it's just I'm like, I'm not here you know, to help you. I'm here to control you and possibly help you. It's like breast cancer screenings, right? You know, it used to be less common. In fact, I think in other countries, they're still kind of less common than they are here. There's some debate about the screenings of whether it's, uh, you know, whatever. And, and colonoscopy is more invasive than a breast cancer screening, uh, a mammogram or whatever. Uh, and there are risks associated with any medical procedure like this. But it seems like on balance that it's a good idea to do this. Because if you have something going on down there that's going to kill you, it's, the sooner you know about it, the better. Or just make your life unpleasant. And you, if memory serves, you've, you had scheduled this, I feel like probably even like last year. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, you mentioned that I had been dreading this. Like that's the, the main part of this was some, when I, when they said to schedule it, I'm like, okay, well I'll, you know, I'll do it. I'm, I'm convinced if it's the time when you do the screening, I'll do the screening. Right. And then it's like, you know, oh, they, the doctor does a referral and then you, whatever, you get a call from somebody or you call them up and you're like, I need to schedule this thing. Uh, and they say, okay, our next available slot is, and it was like five months from then. Like, cause it's not, you know, I don't need it in a hurry. It's just a routine thing or whatever. I'm like five months. And in some ways, if you're kind of not excited to have this medical procedure, like, phew, I don't have to worry about that. I can just, I can just <laughs> set that aside. And, right. that, and it's, fortunately it, that just feels like how your brain works. <laughs> it's so, yeah, it's so long from now. If it was like yes. a, two weeks or whatever, I'd still be worrying about yeah, it. Yeah, like if it months, was five years, then you have five years to obsess about it's it. It's going to be in 2023. That's like yeah. after everything that's after the holidays, even that's just so far from now. This is the rebuilding period of the all. year. This is, this is, this is the quarter of the year where we rebuild. Yeah. And, uh, and unfortunately, as you know, it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> like right. it was, it, it helped that I could push it away more easily because, because it would, when the thought would come, Oh, I'm dreading that. I'd be like, Oh, you don't have to worry about that. It's not, yeah, for, at least you know, it's not to me. The worst, the worst for me is like once it's inside, not always, but a good rule of thumb is if there's something that I'm particularly anxious or dreading, uh, anxious about or dreading it, it's within that last within two sleeps is when it really starts kind of landing on me where it feels like, Oh, this is now inexorable. Now this thing like really just made my, uh, I've talked about this before of like, uh, in my life, looking forward to the next boulder, what's the next boulder, what's the next thing I have to get over, what's the next hurdle. Right. And thinking once I get over that boulder, it'll be clear sailing, uh, from that point on, but of course it never, it is. Uh, and this was instead of being a boulder, this was more like it just, it narrowed it slowly over the course of many months, narrowed my life to like a, a, a single dark aperture that led to this colonoscopy. It was like uh, everything. I told, John, I can't even tell you how much, the, the way I used to phrase this before I understood what it meant to be depressed was that just, it sounds like I'm trying to be cute or like, you know, Hans Christian Anderson, but your world gets small. You talk about the narrowing of an aperture. It's like all, it's hard to be in the moment, right? Again, now I'm just doing my greatest of anxiety, but it's, it's hard to be in the moment when you're fretting about the future and obsessed about the past. And when there's an event that you're, it's just far enough away and it just kind of keeps going, hey buddy, hey buddy, I'm still here. You, you still, you should probably be 
scanning the horizon for what you can do, do to be more safe about this. And you should definitely dread it because it's probably going to be kind of unpleasant and maybe even embarrassing. And then, oh, and by the way, on top of it all, because of this abundance of caution procedure, we, we might find out that you're closer to death than anyone, including you, ever realized. It's a lot to think about. Yeah. And also, on top of all of that, I actually do have a family history of issues down there. Uh, right, with right, my, right. You know, so th- so it's not like a, it's you mentioned ridiculous. You have a fairly close member that has a, a kind of IBD like I have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, I, my, my father and my sister both have uh, problems with their intestinal <sighs> tracts. And so and, and that's their one of, you know, that's not the only things they're looking for down there. And it's not primarily, you know, and luckily I don't have a, a history of colon cancer in my immediate family. But uh, knowing that I'm going to have this procedure, that is going to be unpleasant. I've heard about the procedure from other people who have had it. Um, I, I know all the the bad things about it or whatever. And it was just like, you know, it, I think the holidays, I thought the holidays would help us to be like, I'll be able to concentrate on the holidays. But it's like what you said, when you get closer to it in the date, uh, like, you mm-hmm. know, when it starts being not multiple months away, but a merely one month away and then mere weeks away, it doesn't matter that the holidays are there to kind of distract you from it. Can, can I guess? Can I guess one of those was the last time that we recorded uh, roughly two weeks ago? And when you'd said, oh, and we should talk about that because it's scheduled you know, to have been the day before we record. Like that for you, that must have been one where you go, well, that one's done. The, the, count, the count on remaining rectives before this happens has gone from eight to zero. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's that sense of a quickening, even if you're not an anxious person or you're not an overly vigilant person. I think that's natural. Like think about waiting for what well, waiting for dreading when school was going to start again or, you know, anything where you're just you don't want to have to be doing something. And so I I feel that. And then f- finally, one quick thing is like and I'm, I'm not I'm being neither. I hope I'm being being neither cranky nor defensive about the quote getting old thing. Well, we're all getting old if we're lucky. It's just neither of us has completely passed through to that age where you're like my family was just going to the goddamn doctor like five times a week. <laughs> and then you, it's doctors all the way down. Pretty soon you're going, it's like, and this was just like going to a GP, let alone specialist, but like you got to go, you know, I don't get your Geritol leveled or whatever. <laughs> you just, you're always going to a doctor all the time when you're old in my family. Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad I'm not that stage yet, although in some ways that will kind of normalize it more. And I think as I got really close to it, rather than it ramping up like it might be for like first day of school or something, a sort of calm comes over me. And I think the inevitability makes me re- become resigned more. So mm-hmm. I feel like the worst time was like two or three weeks leading up to it. But it was just it was annoying at how I, I was mostly able to banish it, but it would keep coming back and I would push it away and it would keep coming back. And the frequency that it would keep coming back was increasing as we were getting closer. And the main thing I was dreading, believe it or not. That's what was, I was going to ask. If you can share what was what was the like the little kyber crystal at the center of this? What was the little thing where you're like, Ugh. the phrase I would put it like in my anxiety wiki that I'm building is this is the thing I know I cannot handle today. Like, did you have that feeling of like, if that thing happens, I won't be able to handle it. So, you know, uh, Wikipedia runs on what? Media Wiki? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Anxiety Wiki is that would be a good <laughs> fork of that product. If you want to make a wiki about it. I think anxiety. it broke, but I can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong with my Anxiety Wiki, but I'm not sure what it is. Um, the, the thing that I was most dreading was the, the preparation for the colonoscopy, which I will describe in not particularly gory detail shortly. Um, because I had heard from other people in my family who had gone through this multiple times that the preparation the preparation was the worst part and that they had an mm-hmm. adverse reaction to it. So 
Uh, Colin Oscopy, they're going to stick a bunch of crap up your butt to look John, around. The John, you ever have a house cleaner come to your house and before you before the house cleaner comes and you pay him to clean your house, you clean the house before the house cleaner comes? Yeah, but that's like it's not strictly necessary. This well, is you got to provide optional. a clear path for them to get yeah, in there because the, they're literally going to be looking in there with cameras, with cameras and lights. Uh, uh, you mm-hmm. know, and so if they're they want to be able to see anything that looks suspicious, and if there's crap all over the place, literally, mm. it's harder to see. So you need to be all cleaned out. And uh, some people who do this, and to do this, you there's various methods of cleaning you out. Sometimes they have you take pills. You didn't drink. You, you didn't drink, drink the big giant thing, the nasty yeah, stuff. Well, so I saw it, my my daughter was she knew this was happening to me. Sent me a TikTok, of course, of somebody showing their colonoscopy prep. And it involved taking laxative pills. I don't know if that is a sanctioned what? way to do it. <laughs> it was. It is was that t- like one of those like when when girls do their like here's how I put on makeup in the morning videos? Yeah, it absolutely was. It was like a twenty year old girl who was and going dancing through this. dancing in an aisle yeah. at Costco or something. So I, again, it's TikTok. I don't know if this is real or not. But <laughs> uh, but what I had heard was that you have to drink a bunch of stuff. That, that I had to drink out, a right? lot of stuff. It's real nasty. And it's, it's, you know, that whenever you have to drink something that's like an artificial sugar, artificial fruit flavor, it's like if you distilled that, like imagine what you buy, like a, like a half gallon of, you know, white vinegar, like that size. <laughs> it feels like it's, it's bigger than a 40 of malt liquor and it does not taste good. Yeah. And the, the, the thing that I had heard, uh, when my sister did this is that she couldn't keep that stuff down, that it would make her throw up. From so whence it, from where it went in. So she's throwing yeah, yeah. up. Just throwing up, like, yeah, you know, vomiting, yeah. right? And so there's two things that are bad about that. One, who the heck would want to take some, you know, say you have to drink a huge amount of the stuff that you know is going to make you throw up. And two, if mm-hmm. you throw it up, it's not doing its job. So then you're going to like, speaking of a nap failure, you're going to have like a colonoscopy failure. Like if you don't do the prep right, the procedure won't work and you're going to have to do it again. Yeah. And there's, well, I don't want to be gross about it, but there are a lot of medicinals that involve and uh, the other end of administration. And the same is true. Like if you have, if you're taking, you know, a, if you have a prescribed enema for dealing with a specific treatment area, you're going to want to really follow the directions and put on some soothing music because (laughs) if you can't hold it long enough, you just start over. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of a bummer. So that's what I was worried about. Um, Yeah, sure. And the thing that I, another thing that I wasn't particularly worried about, but it was surprisingly annoying is. I don't know, like five days or something before the procedure, things start. You don't start taking drinking the gross stuff five days before. But five days before, you have to go on what they call a low residue diet. Oh, interesting. They, I don't. I don't remember that part. Maybe this is a new innovation. My wife's got her scheduled soon, and she has similar instructions. Low residue. I gotta look uh, that up. Yeah, let me let me go pull this thing up so I can look at the. Uh, I'm guessing that's probably like lower sugar. I'm guessing. Where the heck is it? To reduce uh, to reduce certain const- constituents, often okay, maybe prescribed for patients. Yeah, but what is it? Okay, so yes, five days prior to the procedure. Oh, love for the Stop taking iron supplements. I wasn't doing that, so it's fine. Begin Check. a low residue diet by avoiding mm. foods that contain, and here's the list: seeds, nuts, corn, fruits, salads, cereals, bran, or metamucil. Hmm. So it's <laughs> the FDA the just hell? let them work that right in, right? That's right under bread. What you the should hell get more is... of the Metamucil group. Yeah. It sounds what like the Dr. Hell is Nick. Salads. 
Yeah. Salads is a big, these days is a big class of food group. The seeds, the nuts, all those things. No no corn. I mean, you can handle all those. All right. So, uh, but here's the thing. Uh, the way I interpreted this, because salads, fruits is bad, because that's just like all fruits, right? And I apparently eat a surprising amount of fruit because it's totally do, do you eliminating think you fruit. Eat, you eat more fruit than you realized. Yeah, t- totally eliminating fruit from my diet for five days had a surprising effect. What's, Cereals, your fruit? What's your favorite fruit that you would eat in a given week? What's the one you eat the most of? Banana? Uh, probably banana. Oranges. I do eat a surprising amount of strawberries. Oh, so good. And then they got uh, seeds, John. Yeah, I exist. Double whammy. Cereals, mm-hmm. I don't know what they mean by cereals, but I do have cereal from a box as breakfast, so that's out, right? Mm-hmm. Bran, some of the cereals I like have bran in them. Some of the bread products I like have bran in them. And also, just, just as a coming in from the side door here, this is this is also a way I really personally, just personally, despise having to think about things this way, where you're forced, you know, analysis versus synthesis kind of mm-hmm. stuff, where like when somebody says to you, well, here's a big list of stuff that includes words like Metamucil and corn. Please kindly use this as an overhead through which you can trace the way your next five days will live. Mm -hmm. We haven't really thought that much about it. We haven't written this in a a very clear way. We want you, like you're doing right now, your mind was probably racing. What what the hell does cereal mean? Yeah, and and the way I interpreted salads was like, look, I don't know what they mean by salads, so I'm just going to eliminate all vegetables. Because the whole idea of low residue is like, I mean, like undigestible stuff, bran, mm-hmm. uh, you know, corn fruit, is a corn. corn. You're looking at you're looking at uh, bulk is what my grandmother would call it. Right. Yeah, she did so, take Metamucil. That, but like, yeah, you think about like corn's got cell walls and that's why it survives the journey like a hobbit. It's, it's, you know, undigestible stuff that you might see coming out the other end. They don't want that in there. Right. Because they want you. This is five days before. So for five days, I'm eating a weird diet. Right. It's not my normal diet. I'm eating stuff. I'm like. Like, well, it didn't say like I'm having like, you know, roasted chicken for dinner like three days in a row because it's like, well, that's, you know, it's a thing I can have unless I have eggs for breakfast instead. Right. You know, but, <laughs> yeah, you know, just it, totally different. I, foods would have, that I, don't know. I would have almost exactly zero problem with this diet, but I get that you you have a you eat differently. And this really cuts into a lot of your like day to day staples. Yeah, and it, it was weird. I mean, it's just five days. Who cares? It's not a big deal. It's not like I'm on this diet permanently, but it was so vaguely specified that I, <laughs> I interpreted it really broadly again because I didn't want to have a, you know, colonoscopy fail and say, oh, that didn't work. You got to do it again. I was like, no, I'm doing this once. I'm going to do it right. Well, you show up one of those colonoscopy fail videos. Yeah, exactly. No, I just. Like I, when you try to put, you try to put like a vault on your donkey or something. <laughs> I'm like, there's no, there's no way I want to do this again. So, and at this point, remember, I still don't know if I'm going to puke up the stuff they're going to make me drink because the drinking stuff doesn't happen until much later. So I'm five days I'm doing this and I'm like, I'm going to be super conservative. I am going to make sure that I'm going nowhere near anything on this list. And I'm just going to have, you know, so again, I had no vegetables, no fruits, no cereal, no brand. According to, the, according to this, you can't have potato skin. I'm sorry. I didn't this, yes, you exactly. can't have potato skins or tough meat. Wait, like roasted po- other people eating roasted potatoes, but they have the skin on? No. Mm-mm, not you. <laughs> You're over there shoving your quote meat with gristle to the side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had five days of that leading up to it. And then came the uh the the day the, the day that prep begins. Well, not quite the day that prep begins. Let me see. So I the good thing I did for myself back when I made this appointment was I went into the calendar. And I added on every single day that something's supposed to happen or change. Yeah. The instruction pasted into the calendar event. Yeah. So it was nicely all set up for me. Again, you just go to the day and pick it up or whatever. Right. So one day before the exam. So this is what this, you know, this was five days before you start doing that. One day before. It's a a Sunday night. It was. Yes, it was a Sunday (sighs) night. One day before the exam. 
Well, su- just Sunday during the day. Mm-hmm. The day before the exam, no solid foods that whole day. So no food whatsoever. And you just, don't drink coffee. Yeah. So they said, I bet you drink it's such only, a headache. Drink only clear liquids for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. No the solid hell food. Is that a whole clear day. liquid. And don't tell me bouillon. <laughs> yeah, they had a what bunch of things about clear like, liquids. And then it's like, yeah, yeah, I know that's that's such a meaningless like 1930s term. Mm-hmm. So you're saying like broth with literally nothing in it is fine, but I can't have tea. Well, the tea's almost clear. Ah, it's more translucent. Well, mm-hmm. d- just tell, well, give me a list of four things I'm allowed to have instead of this weird like guessing game. This It's like some survivor game. John's working on his puzzle, trying to figure out what you put in his face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah. So I, I, I had purchased uh, ahead of time for this. I decided what I was going <laughs> to You're like renting, trying to get off heroin. What I was going to, I had to go to buy things we don't normally suit. buy. <laughs> What I was going to buy for my no solid foods day yeah. was I got apple juice and I got Canada dry ginger ale. That's it. That's what I'm going to have. Right. Uh, so <laughs> that, preemptive sick kid drinks. Yeah. Cause I mean, the only time I ever have ginger ale is on a plane. <laughs> That's oh, me too. Going. Right. And apple juice I hadn't had in ages. I'm like I used to like yeah, apple yeah, juice. But I mom think. would always give me a Verner's uh, if I had a tummy ache. Yeah. Uh, so 5 p.m. comes. And when 5 p.m. comes, it says, uh, drink one bottle of your it's magnesium citrate. It's the laxative they're going to give you, right? And mm-hmm. I got it in the in, in a plastic jug from... The other thing is they filled the prescription for this. Like, I didn't have to buy this myself. They filled the prescription for, for the thing. So you go to CVS, and what they give you is a approximately one-gallon plastic jug yeah. with nothing in it except for maybe like a centimeter of white powder at the bottom. That's your prescription. That's where you walk you out of CVS. Oh, it's like a Tide Pod. They're saving on not shipping water. It's not, it's just loose powder in there. It's just a it's a one gallon. Oh, so plastic you don't get to jug. really enjoy the milkiness, the creaminess of the texture until yeah. you're home. Yeah, and they suggested that you know the day before your thing, what you should do is follow the instructions on the thing. They didn't, you know, they, they have a little mismatch between their instructions and what you get because they're like, oh, you're gonna have three bottles of this stuff. I don't have three bottles. I have one. Yeah, and let me bottle. guess, and it's, and it's something that's been obviously Xerox from a Xerox a thousand a thousand times. It's a website, but it, but they, oh. I guess maybe they don't know what the, what you're gonna get when you fill the prescription because they're like, take your first bottle now, take your second bottle, take your. I don't have three bottles. You can buy a bottle. You can go into a drugstore and buy a bottle oh, of magnesium nice. citrate. Right. Yeah, free weekend coming. Yeah. All right. Anyway. So I've got this jug and they say sometimes it helps be more palatable if you refrigerate it. So in the morning, I, I mix that up. I put cold water into it. Uh, the, uh, the amount they say, fill to this line, shake it up, shake it, shake it, shake it until the stuff that, uh, you know, dissolves and then put it in the fridge. So that thing is sitting in the fridge all day, right? right. 5 p.m. comes around. It's time to drink the first bottle of the thing. And here's the test because I've never drank this stuff before. I don't know what's going to be. Oh, when I mixed it, by the way, it came with tape to the outside of the jug. It came with a lemon flavor packet. Mmm. Oh, that's nice that somebody likes you. Yeah. And so the, the instruction is very clear. Like if you buy magnesium citrate, don't get a kind that's like the wrong color or whatever. But I didn't have a choice. They just gave me this thing and had lemon and says, you can add the flavoring packet or not. It's up to you. And I, and I had a choice to make because you have to make that decision. You can't add the flavoring packet later. You have to add it to the, according to the instructions, right, sure. add it with the powder. So I had to decide flavor packet or no flavor packet. And with no experience in this, it was, it was a dilemma because as and you there noted, are stakes here, because that's a lot of liquid. And also, like like you said, the, the flavor is like this artificial, weird kind of like, yeah, it's not going to be a good flavor. You know that, right? But like, but I, I can, I think I know exactly what you're saying, which is like, okay, do I leave this plane mm-hmm. and just go ham on it because I have to? And like, as they say, sort of hold your nose and do it. Or do I risk putting in what might be weird taste? 
as Finn would yeah, say. Yeah, what might be like a cloying, overwhelming. <laughs> you screwing up that pop with weird taste. Terrible taste. So yes, I, which I, is going to make it even worse. And it would be like, at that point, now you're drinking like a sugar-free, caffeine-free diet Dr. Pepper type situation. Yeah. So I decided to put it in. I okay. think that was the right choice. Yeah, uh, I bet you because, were. Because yeah. like lemon, you know, because uh, I, I was like, look, uh, no matter how overpowering lemon might be, I don't drink anything lemon during my normal life that I'm going to ruin with this. It's not going to taste like real lemon anyway. That's why and, my kid, just for what's worth, that's why Billy hates bubblegum now. Oh, uh, because of the pep, the uh, antibiotics. Billy grew up at a time when bubblegum was the taste of medicine. Yeah. And now I'll, I'll offer him some try it and he's like, absolutely not, no way. I was, I was just saying the other day that, what was it? Oh, uh, my, my wife had some, God, I wish I could remember. I think it was like some kind of moisturizer, something that she rubbed on her legs, right? Uh-huh. And it smelled like that. It smelled like the, you know, the pink anti, uh, uh, pink, what do you call it? Antibiotics yeah. you get as a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do the the penicillin that you get. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The the pink penicillin that smells like bubblegum. Mm-hmm. That's what the stuff she put on her legs smelled like. At, but like a thousand times that it stunk up the whole house. This she did this by the way the day I was not allowed to eat anything and I had to drink the stuff. So it was just like this nauseating so, smell. The, you know that thing about smell. And being the most nostalgic sense is so true. We went downtown to go to the big, you know, Chinese New Year parade on the weekend. And we walked past an area where they, like, there's, like, vendors will sell, like, bacon-wrapped hot dogs on the street. It's like a big San Francisco thing. But there was something, and I walked by. Do you remember the way your elementary school cafeteria smelled? To me, it's an extremely specific smell. I can't even just say, oh, here's what it smelled like, Mm -hmm. except that I walked by something, and I was instantly back at Mount Airy Elementary School in 1975 it was the this the craziest thing yeah i, I always when i have uh, experiences like that i always wonder but what is that what smell? is it what am not, i smelling it isn't it isn't like you know uh, what's a, like a, fa- a famous smell like burnt toast mm-hmm. or chanel number no. five or something or for that matter i mean like for example like grilling onions or garlic has a very specific smell but, that but you know what that is you but know what that is but what is that round slightly brown smell of like when you walk so you would walk into the cafeteria where the tables are but then there was like the kind of kitchen part mm-hmm. where you would go with your tray and it was just like an overwhelming blast of that smell every it wasn't a bad smell i mean if i had to give it a valence i would say it's a it's a good smell and it's a nostalgic smell but i have no idea what it was i've never smelled anything else that smells like every elementary hey listeners Right in. Hit us up on the on the elephant site. If you know what the smell of a cafeteria is and don't be weird about it, tell us. So you don't so you're, at this point your wife's legs smell like bubblegum and mm-hmm. you're gonna be the whole, gonna be, the whole friggin' house smells like not bubblegum, but like the 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 pink uh, uh yeah, penicillin yeah. medicine mm. for kids. But a thousand times that it was so, so bad. And, and we left off with you deciding, you know what, I'm gonna do it. Maybe this will make it easier. It, what what you have us two sprites a year, you're gonna be fine. And you still have the lime part. I didn't, I didn't, yeah, well, I didn't have to get Sprite. I, was, I didn't want to ruin that. I was, no, I've, yeah, got, yeah. I've got ginger ale. I've got the apple juice. No, no, right? but so, I mean in terms of ruining a flavor for you. Yeah, so then it says 5 p.m. Drink one bottle of magnesium citrate. Well, you, I can't drink one bottle because I've just got a, a gallon jug, right? Yeah. But then it says blah, blah, blah. It says you may mix it with juice, soda, or Gatorade. Within the next two hours, drink at least three to four, eight to ten ounces of glasses of clear liquid, blah, blah, blah. All right, so I'm like, okay, already I have a conflict here. Yes. Were you telling me to drink one bottle? Of thing, how big is one bottle? So I look up on like drugstore websites. If you were to buy one bottle of magnesium citrate, like already in solution, like you know, just a liquid, I'm gonna guess, bottle, I'm gonna guess a quart. How much do they have? I'm gonna and guess I had a quart. To just do this math because my, my wife, being ever helpful, was like, I think you have to drink the whole bottle. I'm like, there's no friggin' way that I'm gonna drink a gallon of anything 
in the next whatever n hours, let alone a gallon of this terrible. But they didn't give you anything. Stuff. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. I find this utterly fascinating, and I, I regret to say, John, your brain appears to be working exactly the way my brain works, which is I know something here. Somebody has not thought, thought this through, mm-hmm. and it only took me a minute to realize. And whatever you can be cynical about it and go, well, you got to do your own due diligence. But like, no, it's a, it's medicine. Like you either my mother would be she was if I feel was triaminosin from the store, <laughs> she would still treat it like the most like you've got to do this exactly two hours. Yeah. You read, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, and you don't want your kid getting sick and dying. But in that case, I mean, a bottle. What, what what is a bottle? What does that yeah. mean? It's like a like a mole of beryllium. Like, what the hell does that mean? Yeah. So I looked up. I, I looked up a bunch of these bottles. They all seem to be a similar size, and I, and I measured out that much. Uh, into like a thing and then i i measured out that much water as i in like a, we have a thing that like uh with graduated ounces like the little measuring things and then i poured that much water into the cup that i was going to use it's going to be a glass cup we have these glass crate and barrel cups that we use just our regular glasses right and, right. I, and I put a piece of tape on the cup at that line i said okay <laughs> you poor kid and i said okay sucks. this is how much of that stuff this this is one bottle if i have this much liquid in this cup that counts as one bottle right <laughs> okay so then, it's the opposite of an amusement park ride. Yeah. So, <laughs> when, you're, when it's this tall, you're done. Right. So the mixing with stuff, I'm like, maybe I want to do that too. So I got a second glass. I, mm. There's two kind of glasses. There's the long, long, skinny, tall one that's my one with my tape on. And then I've got a short, stout, like fat glass that you have like whiskey out of or like whatever. Like a highball. Yeah. Like a, or yeah. a, um, I know what you mean, like whiskey glass. Yeah. But that's going to be my mixing glass, right? So I, I get the stuff out of the, of the fridge. I pour it. just looks like clear liquid, by the way. It's 100% clear. It's a little mm. more viscous okay. than the water, but it's clear. I pour it into the the cup up to the line, put the thing back in there. Then I've got my apple juice and I've got my uh, ginger ale there. I'm like, okay, first let me try taking a sip of the stuff by itself, see what it tastes like. It tastes lemony and it tastes bad. Mostly it tastes bad in kind of like a salty way, like salt water doesn't yeah. taste good to drink. You said it's magnesium citrate. Okay, yeah, so there's, yeah, exactly. Well, and you think about, there's a reason that sounds so similar to, say, Philip's Milk of Magnesia. It's also why... Hey, heads up, everybody. Magnesium can be very good for you, but be very careful about the magnesium, how you take it and how much, because there's a reason magnesium is and all those things mm-hmm. that involve that area. Yeah. It, it's Magnesium can be shockingly effective in a way you hadn't anticipated. Yeah, it didn't taste, it, it tasted bad, but not like, I mean, let's put it this way. If you had given me a, a glass of iced coffee, it would have tasted worse to me. <laughs> Because I, mean, I can't stand with like, like Splenda in it or something. Yeah, no, because I can't stand the taste of coffee. It's very bitter to me. I'm super mm-hmm. taster, remember? Right. Um, so, so this tasted bad. I'm like, okay, this tastes bad enough that I know I don't want to try to drink it without mixing it. So instead, I poured a little bit into my little whiskey mixing cup, and then I added some apple juice, right? And I swirled it around. The problem with adding apple juice or anything to it is every time you add some other liquid, there's, now there's more volume for you to drink. Absolutely. That's right. that's but, what I was saying about leaving it flavorless mm-hmm. is to go like if we, yeah, faster. exactly. Like just like, you know, the only way just out is it. through. Yeah. Yeah. But I, but I was like, I don't want to chug this. So I, I added the apple juice to it. I drank it. And then the next little, the little bit I poured it in, I added the ginger ale to it and I drank it. And I eventually decided that I preferred mixing with ginger ale. But when I mix it with ginger ale, it's harder for me to chug because it's got bubbles in it. And I'm not used to drinking bubbly things. Anyway, I got through the first glass, but maybe mixing it with like 50% more of other things, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that tasted bad. And now, and now what I'm doing is now I'm saying, okay, now I'm just waiting to say, do I feel nauseated? Am I going to feel nauseated? Am I going to puke, Right. Because drinking it was like, it's not like I was grossed out, but like, oh, this is gross. Like some people get nauseated just by the thought of something or like, oh, absolutely. Put, like yeah. a plate of peas in front of them, <laughs> you know, if they're a little kid or whatter. And I don't without have getting problem. into any anecdotes, personal anecdotes here, just remember 
that there are people who are going through this procedure, who are going through this prep, all that has all been preceded in some cases by, let's say, months of distress. What you're describing was extremely difficult for me for all the reasons that I won't get into that you can imagine, which mm-hmm. is like, we need to get this kid on the table and see what's going on down here. Because, you know, <clears throat> he's basically got 15 to 30 seconds out of time to find a place to go because that's what the disease does to you. And um, it's, it is awfully unpleasant, but you think about it and like, you know, again, not to be all polyvagal, but like there are connections in these things. And sometimes you ever had that kind of sick disruption where you're like, I don't, oh, I just know something's wrong. I got, as Winnie the Pooh would say, maybe rumbling in my tumbly. Something might be happening down in the basement or something might be happening up here. I could easily see somebody, I don't know. So I, I think your caution is well placed, but you didn't barf it up. Yeah, well, so it's not just that you drink this thing, but then it says over the next two hours, drink at least three large glasses of clear fluid. This is just, I don't know, to wash it down, to make sure you don't dehydrate. Oh, wait, on, to- on top of the magnesium yes. stuff? Oh, yeah. that's so, fine. So, okay. so I drank the thing, and I did a little bit of mixing with some other stuff. Okay, I drank the, the, yeah. the medicine part, and then it's over the next two hours, three large glasses, eight to ten ounces each, of Oof. some clear liquid. I just went with straight water for this, right? <laughs> clear liquid. Yeah, because... And so I, that wasn't hard. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll break it up. But I, I honestly, have, having only drank liquid for that entire day, and now it's telling me to drink three more glasses of liquid, I was like, oh, Jesus, right. Anyway, but it was fine. It was water. So I drank it. Uh, the next one, and, and it does what it's supposed to do. I spent a lot of time in the bathroom. It's not a how, thing that I'm unaccustomed long, to. How long before the effects were uh, that, that was another thing in the instructions. That, like, if you read the instructions on their thing, they're like, uh, it affects people differently. For some people, it takes. This is, eight this is not. The, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the directions. Hey, directions. This is not the time to be cute about this. Oh, I mean, this was the, these were the instructions. I forget where it is. It's not in front of me now. Maybe it wasn't yeah. the doctor. I mean, maybe it was I want on the a bottle. Merlin man estimate of this. I want it would be it would be a very unusual for this to take less than five minutes. And if you haven't felt anything in an hour, something's wrong, right? You know what I mean? Give me the parameters of like what to expect out of. This. Oh no! Wait, here it is. Here it is. Let's see. Uh, uh, this right here. This is in the instructions from the doctor. It says. Uh, it says, you know, over the next two hours, drink three glasses of liquid. All right. And now this is what it says. As the response time varies per individual, it Ugh. may take up to six to eight hours for a bowel movement. Did you just read me a sentence that says it may take as long as up to six to eight hours? For a bowel. Yeah. And, and read remember, that, this read is that the sentence day again, before, John. Read that 5 sentence 5 p.m. the day before my procedure. My procedure is 8 a, or 9 a.m. the next day. This is somebody who went to college and then became an MD, went through a residency. And it'll be, uh, it can happen. What, read it again. How long? Six, six to no, eight no, no. hours. Read, read the sentence, though. Right. It's critical to as, me. As you... response time varies per individual, it may Come take up. up to six to eight hours for a bowel movement. This is after <sighs> drinking your first glass of magnesium citrate. Okay. Per, Thank, okay. So let, let's take that. Let's take that at face value. Let's take that exactly the way it's written. Okay. Thank you for the heads up on that. Now, what should I do about that? Does that mean if I haven't gotten it in eight hours, something's wrong? Does that mean if I get it in, you're saying, you're saying, are you just saying be patient and get a big book? Oh, well, so here's the thing. Uh, six to eight hours after 5 p.m. is like, you know, I would hope to be asleep by then. <laughs> right? Yes. Uh, but anyway, uh, I can tell you that I, when I read that first before I'd done this, I was like, there's no freaking way 
that if I have a glass of laxative and three more glasses of water, that I'm not that I'm going to be on the toilet next in six to eight hours. Even if I had no laxative, I'd probably be on the toilet before sometime before. I bed wonder time. if that's because of conditions people have that are especially yeah. thorny or different from yours. Like you, you are presumably healthy in that department, and so you could probably expect it in fifteen minutes to an hour would be my guess. But uh, but maybe that's accounting for the fact that some people have slow motility or something. Maybe. But anyway, I was like, there's no freaking way. That's good. And, and sure enough, it did not take, I was on the toilet pretty <laughs> shortly thereafter. Like it, the thing doesn't less, less than an hour, much less than an hour, like thir- less than 30 minutes. Like, oh, geez. you know, the, 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 I remember I I hadn't had no food for that entire day. I had just had liquids. Right. Anyway, <laughs> you couldn't even find Thursday's corn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, you have a bunch of uh, increasingly liquidy uh, poops. Yes, then, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And the next thing is 9 p.m., take the second bottle. And again, yeah, the- but it's a little like those first hangovers you get in college where you're like, that has got to be all I can vomit. And then you're like, oh, no, I have another six hours of vomiting nothing left. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, guess don't- what? You The parts of your body that you you never realized how well the parts of your body play together until this poor bastard down here is now having to deal with a constant, nonstop signal to open all of the hatches and send one pain mm-hmm. on. Even when there's nothing left, you just gonna just dry keep, heaves. just keep, keep that, keep this channel open. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so did you go to a different bathroom than the usual know. one? Did you go to the basement or something? Yeah. Did you set up camp somewhere? Uh, I, I decided I was going to use the downstairs bathroom for this because it's near where, like, I, I leave the upstairs to the people who are going to be having a normal night. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Very, that is very considerate of yeah. you. But I was at this point, I was so happy. I'm like, I am not nauseated. It did not, I do not feel like I'm going to throw up. And I was like, this is an amazing victory because I have no problem being sitting on the toilet for a long time. I'll just read my phone, whatever. Like, sure. And they, they also recommended that you buy baby wipes, which I did. I got some baby yeah. wipes. Those are helpful because uh, it's going to be a mess. No, down nothing there. cleans up that area quite like a baby. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I have the second one, same thing. Now I, I learned not to mix it with the apple juice because I found that kind of cloying. So I'm just mixing it with the ginger ale. Oh, yeah, real quick in passing. So you got to go through another round of the magnesium plus glasses of water, right? Yep. yep and, is... and and then on the second and subsequent rounds, did you try experimenting with? Because you're you're committed to lemon at this point, right? It's oh yeah, no, it's it's all mixed into the. Ja- so now it truly is the only way out is through. Now it's just a matter of like you just got to keep steely-eyed and like yeah. keep going yeah. through this. I have to say that the worst thing about the taste of this stuff was the aftertaste. It, um, it, like it, on back on your soft palate, you get that like... It just kinda. would not leave. It's been, you know, it's been many, it's been four hours since my first thing. I still taste it in my, it's a, it's not a good taste and it John, just I feel like I still leave. remember the first time I accidentally drank a Fresca. I feel like I still <laughs> I remember like the... Fresca. I like Fresca. Well, I see, there's an aspect of Fresca I like. It's like Baker's chocolate. Like Madeline mm. and I in completely separate lives in different states in the 1970s, would both re I've told you this. We would everybody's both, done this. Yes. Everybody's done. You reapproach the baker's chocolate. The lie looks so good. Yeah. It's chocolate, and nobody's eaten it in this whole it's house. Huge. It's, it's so thick too. My, yeah, and my there's it's like a chunky bar. My six brothers and sisters have not eaten this. Did what is why is mm-hmm. no one eating this? And well, you're like, you, oh, that's you, right. This is terrible. You know that flavor when you take a bite of the baker's chocolate. I that's do. what all Absolutely. coffee tastes like to me. Okay. Okay. So just to give you, a, I like a, I like like pretty. I can go into the 80s on dark chocolate. Because I, I think it kind of turns into a different, like more no, psychedelic. I can't, I can't go that high. But it gets, it's really different. It gets that fruity aspect to it. But honestly, like that diet drinks my whole life, I've tried so hard. When I was married uh, previously, my wife drank a lot of Diet Coke and would have made my life so much easier if, if we could get into the same beverage. 
I tried so hard to like Diet Coke because all my friends liked Diet Coke. It was just the thing everybody drank in the 80s. And um, I couldn't do it. So I know exactly what you mean. It doesn't take any imagination hardly at all for me to go, I know, I know, because I, I, you know, I've, I've drank that stuff before and it's, it's nasty. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, you're also getting kind of not really weak, but like, remember, you haven't, you haven't eaten, eaten all day. And, you can, well, John, and you got all those clear liquids you've been enjoying. And you're spending a lot of time on the toilet. And that's why the heavy stocked up on like, corn last time yeah. we recorded. That's why they have you drinking all the liquid is so you don't get dehydrated because they know there's going to be a lot of liquid coming out the other end, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, I do that and, you know, it does all the same things. Um, <laughs> Crazy. <yeah. laughs> and, you know, not to be too gross about it, but like one of the things they ask you is like, uh, they have this is the euphemism at the at the colonoscopy center or whatever they want to they want to know if you're running clear <laughs> mm. that's what they want to know from, from the from the from the uh, rear entrance the, yes. the the production of oh the 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 uh ex- explosive um flow mm-hmm. is not is clear clear mm-hmm. clear or clearish or yellowish basically and and it does happen as you go through the first and the second okay. drink it starts off being brown liquidy stuff then it becomes beige liquidy stuff then it becomes yellow liquidy stuff i'm pretty right. sure it's just just straight up clear stuff coming out your butt right that's what they want that shows you being that, cleaned out that right it actually seems incredible that that's possible if you think about think about your entire life mm-hmm. and like I'm not, I'm not trying to be gross but like you take anything that you've that your body has done over time, it might as well be like somebody saying like, oh, when you were sleeping last night, you suddenly started singing Wagner. And you'd be like, well, I don't know how to sing Wagner. And you're like, well, I, you absolutely did got a demo wrong last night in your sleep. Like, oh, oh, yeah. And by the way, I I shat clear last night. Have you? I've done that before, though, when I've had a really bad flu. Yeah. And I think I would take that. I'm not a doctor. Um, I don't even have a PhD. But I, I think that's a pretty good sign that I, I mean, the the I think, of course, of like when you get sick and you vomit and you're like down to bile. That kind of thing. Yeah. I would take that as a sign that your, yeah, that your system is really in revolt. If, you, if you're clear, flu, you say. Yeah, and so this was 9 p.m. So I know I'm going to have to be up for at least another few hours just doing what's going to well, happen. At least it started. Everything. At least you're not up at two in the morning watching night flight. You know, right? Run, also, run here, clear. All right. So here, here now. This is this was the day before. It said no solid foods. 5 p.m. One bottle. 9 p.m. One bottle. But then the next heading in the instructions says the day of your exam. <laughs> here's, bum, bum, here, bum. here's the first line item from the day of your exam. I'm just imagining that like in a Marvel movie where it's like, you know, it, like the, the giant, giant white sans serif blocks mm-hmm. on screen. It's like mm-hmm. Monday. Yeah, this is the first the first item. Four to five hours before your scheduled procedure, drink the third bottle of magnesium citrate, followed by three large glasses of clear liquids. <laughs> do the do the, the clock math on that. If my procedure is at nine, John, I've have, been doing the clock math the whole goddamn time, and it seems to me, in much the way that some people never read the things that they want other people to read. For example, I don't think anybody has ever actually sat down with Fantastical and mapped that out because I'm hearing a person who might not start running clear until after eleven p.m. My procedure, if I memory serves, was at something like seven thirty a.m. Mm-hmm. It was not a three p.m. affair. Mm-hmm. When was your? If I could ask, when was your Monday uh, visit? Mine, mine was. I had to show up at nine. Okay, and so how many hours before that? Four to five. <sighs> so here's what the instructions say. And this, this is part medi- they, they, it's medieval. This part they it's just know medieval because, is what it is because they know people are going to be resisting here. So here's what they say: it No says, coffee, can't have coffee. It says man. you must drink this bottle even if your stools have become clear. Okay. For those of you with early morning procedures, we realize taking the third bottle in the middle of the night is inconvenient, but mm. it is important for a successful exam. Mm. So, they you say I heard correctly, you say they realize that. 
Yeah. So well, that's nice. Well, so here's the thing: they nice realize they you realize might be running that. clear already, and I was. Yes. And but they said, and we know you don't want to wake up in the middle of the night to to make yourself <laughs> to go in the toilet way more and drink a little more bottle of this thing. But it's really important that you do that. And I feel like this is a good, clear instruction saying, look, we know this sucks. We know you're going to want to skip it. We know you're going to have all sorts yeah, of reasons why you think it's not as bad as other it. parts. They're, and they're, they're acknowledging that it's weird and difficult and you're yeah. going to be. Uh, and, but you're already running clear. And then you're like, oh, here comes number three. Yeah. So I did. I mean, luckily, my originally my exam was at 8 a.m., but then they sent me a reminder. I got like 17 reminder things from the various health systems that are involved in this multi- procedure whatever some of them said 9 30 some of them said nine my Ugh. appointment that i'd written down here said eight so i called I the place it. the day before so much i hate every bit of this i hate I, all i called the place the day before and i said hi i have an appointment tomorrow can you tell me what time that appointment is and they said well your your procedure is at 9 30 but we want you to show up at nine so like mm-hmm. good fine done and they said, oh, thank you for checking it. I didn't say, by the way, your system is saying sending conflicting messages about when I'm supposed to show up. And I wonder if everybody calls. Anyway, um, so I was I was like, OK, I can set my alarm for 4 a.m. Right. and do this thing, which yeah. I did. You got to think of it almost like getting an early flight where you're like, hey, you just got to power through it. Like, well, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll deal with this later. But like, this is not going to be the rest of my life. This is just like one very disruptive day. And yeah, I'll it's fine. It. It's not, it's not yeah. a big deal. I mean, realize that. My, but I want to from... give you, I want to give you aloha for this, John. And this all, this all sucks. And I mean, we have, I guess we're going to get at some point to like how far away you are from where the procedure takes place. Because <laughs> you cannot get it close enough for me. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like the, the, the second bottle was 9 p.m. It's not like I go to bed after that. I have a long night ahead of me, right? Yeah. And I, and I still have to drink the three other glasses of liquid after that, right? And so I get to bed pretty late, uh, but I'm glad that I got to a point where I could go to bed because I was afraid, like, am I not going to be able to go to bed? Like, am I going to wake up in a pool of my own clear filth? <laughs> yes, you know. <laughs> clear filth. <laughs> yeah. So, but I did I did get to the point where I could go to bed and then my alarm woke me up at four and, uh, and I had to take the third bottle and that sucked because still at this point not feeling great. And I have to say the third bottle was... I was pretty confident after the first two, but the third one was a struggle. It was like, at this point, I'm struggling. Remember, I hadn't eaten for it's like, all, it's you know. All, yeah, you haven't eaten. You've I haven't eaten since Saturday. All, but that's really cumulative. Saturday and like, dinner, and now it's Monday morning. This, right? is like your, this is like your mile 17. Yeah, I'm really it's just struggling to get this one down. And of course, it does what it's supposed to do. And here's the thing. I'm like, okay, but now for between four, by, surely by the time like 830 rolls around, I'll be done with this. But it was just like. You know, because I did the thing. You had to drink the three glasses of liquid plus the. And it was just, I was I was on the toilet right up up to the line of like the place wasn't far away. It was like maybe fifteen minutes away. Although, oh, that's a relief. That's a huge. My daughter did have to get driven to school or whatever, but like you know, anyway, she can take the bus. She'll be fine. No, she didn't. She can't take the bus. She was complaining that we were going to drop her off fifteen minutes early. It was too inconvenient for her. Oh, we get that too. I don't understand that. I used to like to be able to like wander around before school. No, you don't. You don't want to be. You don't want to be sitting somewhere by yourself. If your friends aren't there yet. Oh, I see. Okay, mm-hmm. so did you drive anyway, yourself? So this is going up to the line. Who drove? And I'm you? Like, did you uh, drive or did uh, Tina drive? Uh, my wife was going to drive. I was like, oh, well, all three of us were in his car and they go in the car together. We'll swing by the high school, drop you off, and take me. But I was like, I'm not done here. T- please take, please yes. take our daughter to school. I have some more work to do in the house. <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Well, I think I think you had some things you needed to clarify. Yes. Anyway, so uh, she comes back and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Let's go. Like this is it. I've, the moaning has died down. I, I guess I'll knock. I've I've done I've done what I can do. <laughs> you Let's did. Get, you were, you were so brave. 
Let's get in the car and go and go to the appointment. Right? And it's close by. I like that it was close by. It was convenient. Um, and it's in, it was in a place dedicated to procedures like this. Right? Did so you get figure, dropped? Did you get dropped off while she parked? Well, it, they, they still have COVID procedures, so you, she wasn't even allowed to come in. <laughs> okay. It was just the patients who were allowed to come in. So she's oh, they're, she, they're still doing COVID. Okay. She's out in the car. Yeah, exactly. She, she just went back home. Like whatever. Um, I had to bring with me. They said they were very adamant, like no valuables. They have this big, they said no computers. I'm like, no computers? Yeah. Am I bringing a laptop to my colonoscopy? What am I doing? It's like, do I get a sling right. an iMac in? Or do they mean no phones? They also say no right. valuables. So I didn't bring my phone. <laughs> like, no. You have to think like the people who make rules or guidelines like that. They mean fancy rings, jewelry, necklaces. I don't. I, I think they probably don't mean a cray. I think they probably mean you brought you brought your uh, brought your ThinkPad with you, you know, so that you can look at stocks. Who's doing that though? I don't know. Anyway, I didn't even bring my phone, right? But what they did, Just I didn't have to bring. They said bring your bring your ID, like driver's license, right? Okay, okay. Bring your health insurance card, which they don't really need. But oh, whatever. they love that. Yeah. They always tell you to bring it, right? So I I took my 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 uh, my driver's license and my health insurance card, and I put them in a little Ziploc bag, put it in my pocket. Not bringing my wallet, not bringing my phone. So weird to be without my phone. So I'm just down here with you all the time. But like, on pur- and on purpose to know. Yeah, exactly. Le- yeah, it's a weird leaving the house without it. Yeah. Uh, and also you have to bring uh, all, if you have any paperwork, like a living will or uh, anything like that, right. uh, an advanced directive, uh, do not resuscitate. You have to bring all that <laughs> you with get you. to request the song. <laughs> yeah. Which no, is always saying, you know. It's always reassuring, but I, I did have that from, you know, estate planning crap that we did after yes. I left my job. Yep. Uh, and so I brought that with me and I said, here you go. I don't know what you can do with this. Hope I don't die. <laughs> your DNR. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it was it was a big waiting room filled with the saddest people you've ever seen in your life, including me. <laughs> right. Because. <laughs> Because the waiting room at the at the uh, <laughs> the thing is you can share your shame. Every yeah. single person is there no, for yeah. the same reason. Yeah, exactly. It was oh, like it, it was the the endoscopy center. So everybody there is, and most of the people are older than me, but everyone was looking grim. And this is you know it's nine a.m., but we're looking rough, right? I'm there. I'm there. Just wearing, once, you should show up there and walk in. Just roll in there with a can of beer, drinking corn on the cob. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wearing. You can picture this. I'm Sweat wearing. <laughs> I'm wearing my usual uh, like pajama outfit, which is sweatpants and a sweatshirt. <laughs> Not dressing up to go, <laughs> no. right? This no. is what you get. Yep. Um, and anyway, I, the, I I do note that when I go in there, there's a big waiting room with sad people. Uh, there is one bathroom. Oh, oh John, <laughs> why do you do this to me? Oh, one, you have one ba- no one, idea what this does to me. Oh, like one, one private bathroom, like not like a bathroom with a bunch of stalls, like one <laughs> single toilet bathroom. <laughs> Oh, no. I can't believe that's allowed by, like, the Geneva Convention. Now, the good thing was... There should be a bathroom for each person. There there really should be. A separate bathroom for each person, and it should be luxurious, and it should be, like, uh, there should be sound dampening. And there should be... You should arrive there. Well, the doctor's got their name on their door. I would love to see my name on my door. And, uh, <laughs> that's your waiting. You're that's your waiting room. You go in there, and it's almost like when you go to like a, you know, like a disabled, like where you got there might be like a shower in there. <laughs> there could be a whole, there could be a whole thing that where you could pass through into there. It's kind of like you know Logan's Run. You know, like you're getting ready to go to go to Carousel. The good thing is, it wasn't down a hallway. It was like literally in the waiting room. Like one of the walls of the waiting room was a door that led to the bathroom. Like it, it was right oh, there. That's so really it was, it was conveniently located. But we basically all took turns going in. One person would go in, and the next person would be stalking it, and like you do eye each other to say like you understand who's going to go next. So I took my turn in the rotation in the bathroom. 
Uh, anyway, they and they have you fill out paperwork and stuff too. They're like, you know, same thing. You go to the doctor, they give you a clipboard and a pen, and you're there filling stuff out. Oh and yeah, like, no I power can't. stuff going on here. Sorry, I uh, misspoke. Yeah, <sighs> that's nothing but pure power move. They know every single person in there right now is having the worst intestinal moment of their entire life, <laughs> and they literally make them sit in a room and look at each other with one bathroom. And every there's the door to the one bathroom that you're going to walk in, and if you have prepared correctly, you are going to run clear. Yeah, and so, everybody knows it. So yeah, so I so yeah, did I, you bring an extra um a change just in case? I did not. I, okay. I figured, I, I figured, look, uh, you know, at a certain point, it's on them to deal with whatever's going to go down. <laughs> the um, results. Yeah. The results and honestly, back. like, like, I just, yeah. whatever. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you got to, at, at a certain point, like, you can't fight it. You got to, yeah, like, just what am I going to do? Into I, it. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, I mean, I knew as soon as I got in there, they're going to have me going to strip down and go into a gown anyway, right? Mm-hmm. So, what's the So, anyway, luckily I didn't have to wait. They brought me in right in time. Uh, it was nice that the very first stop off when they're leading you in is to pick up your your uh, your warmed blanket from the little blanket warming blanket warming fridge. They have like oh, a little thing. Now that they, so they have one bathroom, but they've also got a blanket fridge. Yeah, it looks like a wine fridge, like with a no, glass. No, no, I get it. I it. totally get. It makes it makes one hundred percent sense. Yeah, so you got a little warm blanket, and you go to, you go to your little. Were the people were the people thing. nice, John? Were they cool? Oh yeah, no, they were great. Because, you know, okay. they do this all that, the time, That, that right? actually, I think, means a lot to feel, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's why I was glad I had I could do it here and not in a hospital, because people in hospitals just got to crap, crap done. But this is the, literally the only purpose of this place. They, all, this is all they do all day, procedures like this, right? So every all, all the staff all involved, they all know <laughs> they why you're here. They traumatize patients at yeah. scale. Nobody is there for anything else. There's yep, no yep, other yep. activities going on. No one is having open heart surgery. Like, it's all, it's just this, right? Uh, and so they, they drop me off in my little uh, hospital bed and they say, take all your clothes off, uh, put them in this bag, put on the gown, opening goes in the back. They always tell everybody that. I, I just love the idea of people, someone putting on the other way. Anyway, um, so I do. I get into my little gown. They're like, <laughs> you know, I, I sit on the bed. They put my warm blanket on me. They put the IV into my hand. The, the person doing the IV is going through the thing where they like, where they start talk, trying to make small talk to distract you from the fact that they're going to stick you with a needle, which I don't need. I'm not a big like needle phobe right. or whatever. Does it just go into your uh, your elbow, like inside of your elbow? No, top of, top of the back of your hand. You know, just, oh, just, of course, like in a hospital, of course. Yes. Yeah, just a regular IV, right? Yeah. Uh, which I've had before. It's not a big deal. This was actually nice. I think IV technology had advanced since last time I had one because it seemed like a very small needle and it wasn't particularly painful. Unlike the, la- the-, the last few years of getting stabbed with anything has been a big improvement over the past. I think something has changed. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I, getting an IV or something that was like a horse needle. It was just, you can drive yeah, a car. And dull. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, I, get, uh, I get the IV and it's just, it's just saline in it at this point. They're just checking. They do check up, do a bunch of vitals, uh, do all those things. Right. You know, it's, it's fine. Um, then the anesthesiologist comes over, gets introduced. This is going to be your anesthesiologist or whatever. I I don't. I wish I could identify this guy's accent. I can't. It, I maybe it was Polish. Text text me his name. I don't. I don't have, remember his name. Uh, maybe it was Russian. I don't know. But, but it had a, like kind of a guttural Eastern European. I, I don't want to do an impression. No, 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 <laughs> this is no. going to sound like I'm making fun of him. I'm like not, Boris he was, Natasha kind of thing. He was like he was like a nice old man. He was a nice little oh. old man. He's he's going to be an anesthesiologist, and he's he's tell, he's explaining what's going to happen uh, during the procedure. And here's how he described it. This is where I feel like because obviously these people do this the same thing all day after day after day, right? So he must sh- it must be a little bit like stand up comedy where you really learn what works and what doesn't. Yeah. So he's got a spiel, and I have to. I think his spiel 
probably works on most people, but I've, and, and I don't, honestly, I don't care. I'm like, I'm fine. I, I don't, your explanation doesn't affect my mental state. It's just, I feel like, I, I felt like I should have given him notes. Not that I was going to do it, but like, um, here's what he said about okay. what it's going to feel like when we're going to give you something during the procedure. And this is the effect it's going to have on you. What he should have said is it's going to put you to sleep. Okay. Or you will be unconscious or like, I don't know what, like, but, I, th- I think, I mean, if that, if that is close to factual, the way I would put it is, Hey, listen, this is what you're going to get in here for a few minutes. You're going to have the best sleep you've ever had. Yeah. You'll drift that's, off to that's, sleep. You know what I mean though? Like if that, yeah. if the point is you don't have any role in this apart from counting and like, don't worry. Cause you're going to go pretty fast and it actually feels kind of good. Best sleep you've ever had. We'll see you on the other side. Yeah. And so I think maybe some people have like, uh, are like, uh, the, the, maybe they don't do that as some people are really scared about like going to sleep or being Max, put to Max sleep Kempkin, like a pet. I don't know if you remember this from Do By Friday, but Max was, that was one of his biggest phobies in the world was being unconscious. Yeah. It's, a, it's yeah. definitely a real phobia. So, so I think maybe there's a reason they don't say that because I, I don't have that phobia, but I can imagine people having it. That makes right? sense. Yeah. So here's what he said and said, and, and this actually helped because I found it humorous, right? <laughs> he said, we're going to give you this stuff. And he says, do the voice. You, you'll be happy I wish I'd written down exactly what he had said, but unfortunately, for reasons that I'm sure you understand, my memory wasn't uh, of the, all the events was not great afterwards. <laughs> You're a little mm-hmm. loopy. I, I um, understand. Right. Um, he said, you'll be happy. And I'm pretty sure the words he said is, you won't care. You'll be happy. And he, uh, you won't care, as I'm pretty sure the exact phrase he used. It was either you won't mind or you won't care. And let me tell you, that, that's, <gasps> that's not what I want to hear. That's the in a clown's basement. Yeah, that's not what I want to hear. When that's some someone, John Wayne Gacy. Someone's going to be going rotor rootering out my butt. I don't want to know You'll that. Be happy. You this thing is care. this thing is going to happen to you, but you won't care. No, no I don't want to know. Oh, I don't. Man. I don't want it to know it's happening and not care. That is not attractive prospect to me. I want to not be awake. That's what I want. I want it to to be unconscious. I don't I want think to be mine conscious. Might be a little but better. Not <laughs> This is a little bit concerning. And and I had never have, uh, had there anesthetic like this before. people in the room who will see you any way that they yeah. want, but you will be fine. Whatever is happened after, you will not care because you will be not able to move or think. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. what happens with your body is not a concern for you because you won't be able to control it because it's like sleep, but we do what yeah, we but want. But things will, terrible things will happen, but you things won't will, care. Yes, things will happen. We have many, many papers. <laughs> he was much nicer than that. He wasn't evil. He was like, you won't care. Did You'll he pat be you? happy. Did he pat you with his surprisingly soft hands? <laughs> yeah, and I didn't know. Like, I, had no, I had no basis for understanding because I don't think I've yeah. ever had this kind of uh, anesthetic of like, uh, you know, I, I've been out out before, but I'd never been like, this is not the type of thing where you're going to be like intubated and just like totally out, 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 out. Right. Because it's a short procedure. Like it's not, it's not, not even at all. And that's, thing. I think that's part of what makes the notoriously or reportedly, I've said this before, but I've heard it said that anesthesiology might be the toughest job in the, uh, in surgery because it's, it's so hard to get it exactly right to, you know what I mean? So you don't kill somebody yeah, or but, so they don't like wake up or, or in your case, like, well, I, no, I don't trigger anybody. But like the, the, the idea of like, you know, sleep paralysis thing where like you mm-hmm. feel like you can't move, but you still notice yeah, things. Yeah, so I, mean, I was like, maybe that's like what it'll Metallica be like. a Metallica one type situation. Maybe that's what it'll be like. Maybe I will be conscious, but I won't care. And I was like, I, that doesn't sound attractive to me. So I felt like this was this his spiel. <laughs> you won't care? Is that what he said? Yeah, you won't care. You um, won't care. I'm pretty sure that's the phrase. That's I should have written okay. it down. But yes, yeah. yes, yes. So whatever. <laughs> So then, okay, then it comes your time. It's your time. As you're closing, he's putting on a clown nose. <laughs> so then comes the time yes, to go yes. to the room. So we're all like, I'm on the I'm on the little wheelie bed. They're wheeling me over to the other room. Yeah. And I guess this is the point when people start to really freak out. 
because as they're wheeling me, again, I wasn't freaking out, but I think. But, <laughs> was there spooky music? No, because what happened when they were wheeling me out is the reassurance banter went up to 11. Oh, no. That's everything. Have you never been around a child? The worst thing you can do is give too much reassurance banter. Here we go. We've got a great room for you. Here you go. It's going to be fine. Oh, today's a perfect day for this. Hey, how was your your holiday? And like, 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 tons and tons of reassurance. Yes, makes you. What again? Absolutely. I wasn't bothered by it. That's but I was extremely. Like, if suspicious. someone, if someone is worried, constantly reassuring them, like cranking that up to eleven, is going to make them even more worried. And that's like, and that's why I say it's such a basic parent move is to realize that 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 it's so difficult sometimes <clears throat> to not be panicky and sweaty. But it's the panickiness and the sweatiness that makes your kid freak out. Everything you're saying is garbage. Yeah. If you're acting, if if the way that you're carrying yourself and speaking in a hushed tone. Like that really signals that like something's about to go on my butt. Yeah, and, and this and I feel like this is probably the point where like people like bolt, like they just leap up out of the gurney and just <laughs> you run. See, like a John shaped hole in the wall, yeah, and they wheel him into a room with a bunch of these. So again, most just like the you won't care thing, I found it funny because it was like I can't believe that this good, is what they good, think good. is the is the the most reassuring thing to do in the situation. It's like it's doing the like. The exact like do not do not like it's like from a horror movie when they say well the evil doctor takes you in and you know like I said just before he puts on the clown mask like everything will be fine right so <laughs> you we, won't remember any of this we get into the room finally the doctor shows up he's like you have any questions for me I'm like hey, I should this is a good time for me to ask questions right so I, I asked him a bunch of questions so, so like, just to be clear here the IV as you said at this point is just doing sailing yeah, so you're totally no, copious no, no medication apart from just the you know you're weak you're tired you're yeah, probably yeah. a little bit disoriented and. Yeah, I, I, I was fine at this point. Uh, but the doc, you can, the you doctor's can talk there, and, and I asked okay. him, he's like, oh, you know, uh, he described the procedure. He's like, I want to go in, blah, 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 and uh, anything we take out, we'll put over here. And I said, what would you be taking out? Mm-hmm. That was my first question. What would you be taking out? Because <laughs> this is mainly the first cor- I'm hearing of corn, anything. Mainly corn, sir. Mainly corn. A lot of people <laughs> don't read the form. I mean, it's seriously, I was a legit question. I wasn't asking it to be right. weird or snarky or anything, and I had not yet had well, any I mean, drugs. Like, were you thinking like polyp? Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah. He's like, well, we find polyps, we'll take them out. Okay. He's like, you know, most people have polyps. They just pop um, right off? Or how do you get those out? You I, know? I didn't go into details. No, no, you see, but, but like, that's my question would be, it's not, it isn't, it's not like deciding to just grab a dandelion and, and right? I mean, I mean this, is part to, of, this is apparently part of the procedure. When they're in there, if they see oh, polyps, nice. which most people have, they're going to take them out. They're going to get them nice. tested for cancer, right? You I know. see. They fill, they fill the tank. Yeah, and wash your windshield. That's nice. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Uh, and then my other question for him was, what is the result of this procedure? Do I get a report? Do you send it to my doctor? When do I hear about it? How long does it take? Like, basically, like, what is the outcome? What, you know, if everything, as you would say, if everything goes great, yeah, yep, what does yep. this look like to me? And he's when, like, when oh. We're, when we have an answer about whatever happens today, what's the likely next step? Yeah. And he said, oh, I'll, don't worry about a report. I'll send you home with a report. Like, when you know, <laughs> today, when you leave this building, you will have oh. in your hand uh, the report, right? With pictures. <laughs> Can I get any more of that magnesium stuff while I'm here? Right. Yeah, exactly. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm kind of into it now. Yeah. Um, and so I'm like, okay, all right, that's all, you know, I'm like, any more questions? Like, nope, I'm ready. Um, and so here now, now the, the anesthesiologist is again, in his really kind of sing songy, reassuring Eastern European accented old man voice. He's such a nice guy. He's trying yes. to be so gentle and so nice, but it's a little bit weird too. Uh, he was saying, okay, you know, i don't worry, I won't surprise you with when you go to sleep, which is apparently, I guess, something else people fear that they don't know when it's going to happen. He's like, I'm not going to spring it on you. Don't do, worry. Do you make I it won't. clear at all whether or not you'd mind? 
mean, you really have no choice at this point, right? It's going to happen. Um, <laughs> and just everything will be fine. We do this every day. Yeah. And we are reaching a point within the next, say, 90 seconds where it won't matter right. how much you so mind. Yeah, you can like, mind yeah. all you want. <laughs> Mind's like, all you want. We're miles from anyone. <laughs> he's like, don't, he's like, don't worry. I won't surprise you or whatever. And it's like, hey, you, know, he, you know who says stuff like that? People who are planning to surprise you. <laughs> well, I was going to be like, is this like, a, is this like a one, two, three where they do it on two to like, you know, you know. anyway, so right. here, this is, this is, <laughs> I invented that. <laughs> right. So he does this thing and you'll be familiar with this if you've had any kind of like a, a general anesthetic or whatever. He's like, okay, now we're going to do the thing and we're going to, you know, he's put, he's got like a syringe. He's pushing stuff into the IV that's going into my hand or whatever. And he's like, okay, um, you know, we're starting this stuff now. And, and this is what he says to me. He says, you will be asleep in exactly seven seconds starting from now. Oof, okay. A lot of people do the count backwards from 10. Very popular, right? To, yeah, they tell, it's they... happened every time, including the time I got a, I had an extra tooth behind my front tooth and mm -hmm. they had, did surgery for it. And that's the first time I ever went under. And it was, I've been chasing that dragon for a long time. <laughs> it was honestly like 10, nine, boom. Yeah, so, so the count backwards from 10 is popular, but this guy, it's the first time I've ever heard this. I, it's almost like what you mentioned, like the anesthesiologist knowing exactly Seven how to do seconds. things. That yeah. he was trying to show off, because not only his, he, he, does he really good at his job, but yeah, he it's knew- a, it's a little bit like a card trick. He knew exactly, he knew yeah. exactly when it was like, it's going to be seven seconds from this instant, because I've done this so many times, I can tell you it's not a count God. backwards from 10. I can tell you right now, based uh -huh. on everything that I know you about keep you. Keep those three. It's going to be seven, right? Yes, yes. And this happened. Uh, I had surgery when I was a teenager. Did, as well. did you did you start did you start thinking or did you start counting? Well, so I had, when I had surgery when I when I was a teenager, there was the count backwards from ten, mm -hmm. and hundred percent I do the thing they say. So this is what happened in this thing. They said for exactly seven seconds from now, and I'm like, okay, dude, it's on. You say seven seconds from now, I'm going to yeah. count seven seconds. Hey, John, to can see I just if you're point right. out? Can I just point out in this instance, no blanking interval. <laughs> Well, you I, I'm, pretty, I'm actually pretty good at counting seconds, yeah. uh, you know, knowing <laughs> obviously you drift after like, you know, 10 or so. But I, I feel like I could do a roughly accurate seven seconds. How long is seven seconds? I get closish, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So he, he pushes the stuff in. I count in this. I count to seven and then I count to eight and then I count to nine. You got to and nine Mississippi. Ten, oh, boy. And, and then I'm like, come on, dude, this is, <laughs> you know, because that is like, and that happened to me when I had surgery as a teenager. They said, count backwards from 10. I counted backwards from 10 in my head and I got to zero. And I'm like, here I am. Are you going to start cutting me open <laughs> this now? Is, this has never happened before. You weren't supposed to mind. Yeah, as I'm saying, like when, when you know, I remember <laughs> not, saying when I- Not a great confidence booster. I remember saying when I was a teenager that, uh, that uh, I counted backwards from 10 and then I'm looking around and I'm like, you know, guys, I'm still, they stopped paying attention to me at this point. And I was telling them, I don't want to see any of the knives you're using. I remember saying, I don't want to see the knives. Yes, yes. Remember saying this? Because I had already counted back from 10 and I was still conscious. And I'm like, right, right, right. And no one else is looking at me anymore because they're like, ah, oh, he's out. And I'm like, I'm not out. I'm 100% awake and I'm speaking to you with my mouth, right? I'm saying, mm -hmm. hello, blah, blah, blah. And then, of course, I went unconscious, right? Um, and so at the seven seconds, well, good. I yeah. count down to seven and then... I count up to seven, yes. and then eight, then nine, then 10, then 11. And I'm looking at the guy, and I'm like, dude, seven seconds. You're not on your game today because, and then I'm out. <laughs> I didn't say anything to him, but yeah. And what, and what was the, so there's initially the hyper sort of attentiveness of like five and that five Mississippi six. And then when it happened, was there a feeling or something you can share no, associated with? I was with out, out like a light. When you go out, you go real out. 
I was out. It's not like, like tunnel. It's not like passing out where you get tunnel vision. Oh, just and that like this switch. is more like in like light switch. Yeah, exactly. Or like or maybe hit the hit the low button on the cassetta. You know, <laughs> boom, it goes like straight down. Yeah, or it's like it's like when you go to bed and you're exhausted mm-hmm. and your head hits the pillow. As soon as your head out. hits the pillow, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was out. So you're you're out, and you did you do you remember minding? Mind. Oh, so here, I, I hesitate to bring up this uh, this thought technology, but if you made it this far into the episode, I'm sorry, but I feel like you have to have this thought technology in your life because I just always find it so fascinating. It's a fun thing to debate with your friends if it doesn't give you nightmares for the rest of your life. Okay, uh, and that and that is this: the idea, uh, the, the thought technology is that uh, general anesthetic, and this is this is I'm going to say for I say right now, this is not true. There's like it can't possibly be true. It doesn't make sense based on everything we know about me- medical technology and human beings. Like it's obviously not true, but it's fun for people who don't know that or can't figure right, it out but... to think about it and freak themselves out. The idea that uh, what general anesthetic does <laughs> is paralyzes you and then erases uh-huh. your memory when it's. Over. I was just thinking exactly that. Yeah, it's 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 a common thing. It's a it's a trope. You know what it it's is, a... John? It's the silence. From Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah, exactly. So the silence, if you see, you, when you see the silence, you know you're looking at the silence, mm-hmm. but the second you're not looking at the silence, you basically don't know they exist. You, you forget to see them. So the idea yeah. is that you're, you know, say you're having surgery and they're cutting you open. You are aware the entire time you feel all the pain, but you but can't But you're not move. screaming and yelling yeah, they because they gave you the Because stuff. you're paralyzed, right? Yep, yep, but yep. you feel every, every ounce of the pain, right? But then at the end, somehow magically, and this is the part that's total BS, it erases your memory of it so that when you wake up, you think you just fell asleep. But it's like, and it's, woke for, up. it's for hypnol, basically. Yeah. Right? Right. And, and the reason that's BS is because you can't selectively erase memories like that. People aren't computers. You know, mm. there's, no, there's no, like, the things I they do. I saw an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie month, once that made me think <laughs> exactly. otherwise. Like if you if you want to think about how drugs work on the brain, think of your brain Blue being sky dipped, on Mars. Brain dipped into a bucket <laughs> no, was of it Red liquid. Sky? Red Sky on Mars? Blue Sky on Mars was the name of the program because it's oh, that's that a good program. Sky. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's obviously BS, but it's it's a fun thing to think about. And the reason it's fun to think about if it was true is because it's like, okay, that sounds terrible. But if you if it really does erase, if it really did magically erase your memory uh, with, you know, a, a magic spell or something, would you care? Obviously, during it, when you're being cut open or something in your surgery, you'd be like, oh, this is terrible. I can't believe this happened to me. But then you would forget. To really problematize this, the truth is we don't know. And then we, <clears throat> we don't know. And we really, really don't know. Which is like if, if, if the parts of you that are the parts of your mind that are able to encode pain to make an impression on your, if you like, memory. Like, well, I don't know how that mechanism works. Is it possible that the the, fell, the 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 tree fell in the woods and the and the Pope never crept on the bear at all? But we know enough about it to know that if you have any kind of traumatic experience, even if you don't remember it, it has lasting effects. The whole body keeps this. Is, the idea of this is the body doesn't keep the score. The, the, this this fantasy scenario is like, oh, you can have massive trauma that will have no effect, lasting effect on your brain, which is ridiculous. That's not how any trauma works. Right? It's right. the exact opposite, that you can have trauma that you don't even realize you're experiencing, but there's warping your brains in ways that will have repercussions for the rest of your life. And if, if you were conscious and paralyzed while someone was cutting you up, it seems Even like it would come you, up. quote unquote, didn't remember, that would... See, not- I'm telling you, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie was closer to this than you realize. Well, anyway, that was a silly movie, and this is not a real thing that happens. Um, so anyway... Alfred Hoven I, went through a lot in World War II. I, you know, he, he lived in Dutch during the war. Yeah. So it's I was out for the thing. Me. I woke up uh, in the recovery room uh, where everyone is talking to me like I am two years old. 
right? Mm. Oh, hi, how are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. This is something that I... Was, was Dr. Wontminski there? No, he's off doing other things, right? It's the other people taking care of you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, oh, yeah, of course, he's got to go. Yeah, he's got, oh, he's got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, he's yeah. doing 10 of these a day. Um, they didn't mind. Th- th- this is something I've always prided myself on. Not that there's any reason for me to be proud because it's not like it's something I control in any way, but it's like people who pride themselves on their bright red hair. It's like, well, you didn't that you didn't do anything for that. This like just yeah. if it's natural, like whatever. You just got but anyway. Um something I've always been proud of that I that I feel like is handy in moments like this is some people when they wake up in the morning, their brain takes like some amount of time to kick into gear. Right. <gasps> you my brain that? is going full speed the moment my so eyeballs are you're open. you're well and truly asleep, <clears throat> all cozy in your layers, and then pop exactly the same thing we're turning on a switch in that case. John mm-hmm. is awake. Yeah, one hundred. I would be very like proud of that. Full, Whether or not you earn that, yeah. John, I would be proud of that too. My my body as I get older is not. Is it, it must freak <laughs> people out sometimes because for somebody, some people, there's a sort of organic. Everybody's waking up on vacation feeling. Mm-hmm. To have somebody who's immediately like incredibly alert would be very odd to me. Yeah, like I mean, it's, uh, the way I phrase it is, my brain reboots fast, right? Mm. And so here I am. Uh, this is, but that's just sleep, right? Um, and and I, I'll have a lazy morning and not get out of bed for a while. And like, like choice, my body though. doesn't yeah. want to get out of it, but my brain, it, it reboots real fast. And here I am being drugged by this drug that I've never had before. I forget what the hell it was, but it's like, you know, whatever, whatever drug they give you this type of procedures yep. that people are like, oh, I love getting this drug. I love being so loopy and high. Blah, I think blah, it blah. might be the Michael Jackson drug. This is a famous, um, not narcotic. Was, what's the word? Um, Propanolol, uh, maybe? It's, it's, yeah, some kind of a wall. Yeah. <laughs> What do I think? What's what is it called? A not a sedative, a hypnotic, right? Isn't there a, a class of drugs called hypnotics? That are like that. One of their aspects is like that you're you're real goofy while they're giving it to you. Yeah, maybe it's not propanolol. I don't even know what the propanolol hell is, is anyway, what I take. I'm I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but anyway, what whatever they gave me, um, when. I woke up from it. I was like, well, am I going to feel loopy? Am I going to, because I've, the most loopy I've ever felt is ha- taking Dramamine on a plane. That made me hallucinate. <laughs> I was just, Did that, you I like take, the pill or the ear or the wrist? The, the, the pill, the, yeah, the yeah, Dramamine yeah. pill. I don't take that anymore because it just made me freaking loopy. And I did not like that. And that was a situation where I was loopy and there was nothing I could do to stop. So right? that's one of those things though, those weird, like medieval ish kinds of medicinals that like, they, there's a certain kinds of things where you're like, we know this works and what we, th- we think we know how it works, but all we know is that a seasick or like a, you know, nausea from vertigo or air sickness, sea sickness involves a thing with the whatever inner ear, right? Or middle ear. Mm-hmm. And, and that, so that's screwed up. And so we screw it up a different way. And sometimes that helps. Yeah. I, was I really say, like, feel like that is a component of so many things. Definitely a lot of stuff for your brain. Like we know that, that something's all, 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 uh, all jazzed up <laughs> in your, uh, in your head and if we jazz it up a little more sometimes that seems to reset yeah or, or it's like you know pinching yourself so you don't feel some pain elsewhere it's like eh. so that's why i don't take drama anymore that's the reason those little like, patches those heat patches work is that they just are giving you a feeling more intense than the pain i think yeah it, it, that you know so i was like i i'd honestly not that i'd rather be nauseated but at least when you're nauseated it's like a cycle that you're used to and at least you're at least you're like fully functioning or conscious anyway so i don't take drama anymore but this when I woke up, and you know, I, I went out like a light and it like count of fifteen or whatever I was up to as I as I uh, tisk tisked in my mind at the uh, at the anesthesiologist. And then I woke up, you know, back in the little recovery area, still on my little gurney thing. Uh I felt fine. I didn't have any pain anywhere, which was good because I didn't know if my butt was gonna hurt, but it did not hurt. Good. 
I have to thank so I'm like thumbs up on that. I wasn't sitting in a pool of anything of my own, so that's thumbs up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? Was, what there, was there anything over in the area where they take things out? They do when you, when you get your little gurney thing when you you know sitting in your little hostel bed. They do put a towel down on your hostel bed where your butt's gonna go. So. Yes. Yeah, so. and I mean, seeing stuff there would not be surprising. If you, yeah. you didn't see stuff there, you'd wonder if maybe yeah, it's like they someone were... cleaned up when I was out. Who cares? Exactly, or whatever was you know. I don't. Like it, a cruise that's, ship. That's, yeah, that's their thing. That's their job. I don't have to be around for that. Um, and so I woke up, uh, and as soon as as soon as I came out of it, my brain rebooted real darn fast. Um, and then there were pe- like I said, there was people there talking to me like I'm two, and I tried to converse with them and say, you know, to let them know I'm fully conscious and my brain is 100% working and I can form sentences and I know where I am and what's going on. Like, it's nothing. Like, I'm fine. Sure you are, feel... sir. Sure you are. Yeah, exactly. All right. And so, but then, then uh, well, I guess I was convincing enough to them because then they went into their exit spiel. So like, you know, as you know, you're, you don't drive for 24 hours. You have someone picking you up. Like, we've gone through this 100 <laughs> times. Yes, Hi, Mr. Syracuse. So just so you know, at this point, we've stopped making money. So you need to leave. <laughs> and here's a paper. Yeah, well, so you know, there's a, you know, you're not allowed to drive for 24 hours. Obviously, we're going to pick you up. John, we've already, we've already called them. They're on their way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they said, uh, and also, you know, for the next 24 hours, don't drive and don't sign any legal documents. Okay, because okay. you know we've we've drugged you up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they hand me a thing to sign. Okay, <laughs> and I and I called them on it. And here's <clears> where said, I think <clears> they said, they said don't, don't drive and don't sign any documents. And then they, they handed you a document to sign? They hand me a clipboard with a piece of paper and you need did to sign here. Did you feel here, like here, it here. might be a test? Well, here's the thing. Did, so did I was they like, offer oh, you a car? I, I just had a bunch of drugs uh, and I'm saying I feel fine. But I, I had to, in retrospect, examine my behavior and say, look, if I had not just been been drugged, I wouldn't probably have said this out loud. But what I said <laughs> out loud was, yeah. you just told me not to sign any legal documents. <laughs> less inhibited, maybe. Yes, less, yeah. slightly less. Not. I mean, I might have yeah. said that, honestly, uh, feeling that's in a snarky a, mood after a long day. That's kind of like you. Because when I, when I came in, <laughs> before I had the it, gown, supine. Yeah, before I had any drugs when I came in, they said, how are you doing this morning? And I uh-huh. said, I've had better mornings. Which, you know, and I said that without any drugs. So maybe uh-huh. I was just, maybe that's just my defense mechanism of I'll be slightly more chatty with the with the people or whatever. But I said, I said you just told me not to sign any documents. And you know what they said? What did they say? What was their answer to that when I said that? And I was smiling when I said it and being, you know, cute or whatever. What, um, what did they say? I, I bet they had like a slight chuckle and a head thing and they went, oh, this one's fine. Yeah, they basically said that. Here's what they said. Oh, that's just for discharge. Mm-hmm. As if that explains anything. Yeah. That doesn't explain and, yeah, and, anything. And two years from now, you're I gonna... understand it's for discharge. Here's the way, like whenever that happens with a cop or a lawyer or any, any situation like that, here's the thing. Imagine yourself before in two years from now, after you've spent all the money that you have and you're appearing before a judge and you say to this very, very mean old judge, they, they said it was just for the discharge form. And they go, but like, what did they say right before that? Well, they said not to sign anything. And did you sign it? Yes, I did. Why'd you sign it? They said it was just for the discharge form. Yeah, case dismissed. Go right to debtor's prison. So I, I, I mean, and at that point, I mean, I didn't pursue it further. I was, I, you know, you don't have any choice. I'm going to sign these things. I, you know, I, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, no, I know. At a certain point, you just got to go, all right, fine, to, to, your, to your system. Yeah, and, and then they had me sign a bunch of things before going in, but apparently there's some things you have to sign after. <laughs> so whatever. Mm-hmm. I signed them after. Um, and then it seems like and so would have come thing. up. I'm sorry, John. It seems like that would have come up before, and they maybe would have worked on the the order of operations for how they would go through that they, process. With well, them. they did tell me when I was. So when it I, really does make it feel like it does feel like something from Raising Arizona. You know, like didn't I just tell you not to say that? Mm-hmm. When I filled out that, they gave me the clipboard when I was coming in and was you know filling stuff out or whatever. 
when I went to hand it back to them at the desk, they said, oh, keep the pen, which is, you know, from the game, I guess, David Fincher movie. Uh, they said, keep the pen. You're going to need it later to fill things out. I'm like, honestly, later you're telling me I'm going to have to I'm going to have to sign things later, but they're not going to have a pen for me. So I like, like to write so down I, jokes when I'm laying in bed. <laughs> so so I kept the pen. But then, of course, yeah. when they brought the discharge things, they had another pen for it. So it's like, I don't know. They just didn't want the pen after my gross poopy hands touched it or something. Ooh. Whatever. There's um, probably a lot poopier. So anyway, I'd signed the discharge papers. And all <laughs> you set, and adopted said, the poop. They were they yeah. were born in it. <laughs> so, then, so then they're like, OK, well, now everything's done. You just need to leave. We called your ride. Uh, they, they should be here shortly. Blah, blah, blah. Um, my brain reboots fast, but then I, as noted, even when I'm tired, but certainly when I'm drugged, body not so much. So now they said, okay, oh, you know, we'll get, yes, of course. So this you, whole time you have been like, what, like just propped up a little bit or yeah, just, I'm lying down on a bed basically. Okay. okay. <laughs> all right. And it's time to get your clothes back on. Take them from the plastic. Definitely not take a power thing here. Bag. Not at all. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's why I just sweatpants and sweatshirt. Cause I, I need uncomplicated clothing. That's easy to get on. <laughs> right. No buttons, no jeans. Right. Um, but still, just sitting upright, it was like, oh, absolutely. Oh, you you feel so um, detached from your body, not just for, obviously partly in terms of like maybe numbness or like inability to move a thing, but just this feeling of like, oh, I know now I understand what Descartes was talking about. These are two completely different things. The case for my brain mm-hmm. is not ready to be operated yet. It needs to warm up a little bit more. Yeah, was a lot of vertigo, and they're and they're super careful because they don't want you to tumble off of the gurney sure, onto sure, the sure. hard floor. So like helping you. They're to probably the edge also of the really. Bed. I mean, after I got anesthesia when I was a kid, I broke a rule and had something to eat. I had, my mom was sweet enough to get me a soft serve, and that's the hardest I barfed in my entire life. I'll bet they were also really watching for stuff like that. Uh, I mean, obviously, like you know, post-op side effects, things we didn't notice from the procedure. You know, leaving a SpongeBob figure inside or something. Yeah, they they asked about that too in the in the paperwork. Like, have you ever been under anesthetic before? Did you have an adverse reaction to it? And I had to say yes. Like my uh, surgery when I was a teenager, I puked my brains out in the recovery room. When I right. woke up from that surgery, I was I woke up in the middle of puking. Oh, in, John, in media, that's traumatic. In, in media vomit, I don't know. I in can't media do vomit, vomitus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so I wrote that on the paperwork, but here again, when I woke up, I felt fine. Um, my brain was working 100. percent My body was totally whacked out you know very woozy very weak very room kind of spinning type stuff um and they're helping me like sit up on the bed real careful and they're like well don't don't try to stand up and put your pants on because you will tip over and like they're you know they're really coaching me through this and like i i can i understand dizziness i'll i'll be careful so i was careful put put my clothes back on you know that was all successful and honestly by the time (laughs) i was done getting getting dressed and like putting my shoes back on i was my body was recovering a little bit and then like, okay, we're going to, we're going to walk you to the car. We can't let you just go by yourself. I'm surprised right. they didn't put me in a wheelchair. Hustle probably put you in a wheelchair. Cause that's, they, they do. Like, they do. When Madeline got her thing. Uh, yeah, they, they definitely, it's not just in TV shows. It's, I think it's an insurance thing. Yeah. Liability for sure. But here they had, they just had the nurse walk me there, like holding my arm or whatever. And again, to me in retrospect, thinking of the drugs, I, you know, this is this tiny little, like, you know, tiny little woman who's walking me. And I'm like, if I go down, you think this tiny little woman is going <laughs> to, yeah. Gonna save me? You know, so I, you know, I, I said, you know, she's like, I got you. Don't worry. I'm stronger than I look. I'm like, okay. Anyway, I walk to the car. She puts me in the car. I get in and, and we drive home and, uh, and, and that was, you know, over the course of the next, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, my body came all 
back to normal. <laughs> we came fully I mean, online. <laughs> yeah, maybe you could ask my wife if I seemed weird. I don't think I was. I think my brain rebooted 100%. Mm-hmm. I did not feel weird in my brain at all. My body just And, and not, not to drag it out, but also you weren't, um, you weren't having like unusual pain or discomfort. Nope. I mean, they had all, that's all the things you sign is like, if any of these things happen, here's what you should do. If you have right. this problem, call this person. If this problem, you know, this is when you call 911, you know, like whatever, all the things. Right. Didn't have any of that. Good. I was excited to eat food. <laughs> what did you eat? Do you remember? Uh, I, I did. Probably I came back and had some food. oatmeal or something. I, I started slow because I was like, I don't want to like, I don't want to screw this up because everything's gone so great. Let me not just have a giant greasy meal or something. So I had small amounts of food to work my way up or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was great. So here, here's the fallout of the, of this whole thing. Oh, so every, good. Oh, I didn't was, realize we we're going to get this too. Okay. Yeah. So I, I got the little report, which has photos, lovely photos in it. Uh, it's like inkjet printed, so they're not that good. They did so just, find just, a bunch I, of... I mean, I, I have to imagine everybody knows this, but, the, but John is talking about something truly miraculous called endoscopy. We're like, you know, somebody like the way they did heart surgery on my grandfather in 79, the way they, versus the way they did my mom's hip surgery in 2014 or whatever. Like we've come a long way. When you sneak that little camera in there, it's, it's pretty amazing what you can do with one or two neg- negligibly sized holes in your abdomen, or in this case, a pre-existing mm-hmm. uh, means of entrance. And they, all the little tools go up there with it. So anyway, they took out a bunch of Is pops. it like Doc Ock? I bet it's got like little grabbers yeah, on it. Yeah, for sure. I mm-hmm. mean, I get to see it, obviously. But they took out some polyps and those are off getting tested. And hopefully I don't have colon cancer. Oh. And I have not done yeah. the results of that yet. Um, but, the, but the doctor said everything looked fine. Or, you know, the report said, you know, nothing, nothing concerning, nothing exciting in there. You know, and all the things that I thought I might have had. Uh, I did. I guess I did get to talk to the doctor afterwards. He did come before I w- got walked out. I said, I asked him, did you see any sign of X? Did you see any sign of Y? Did you see? And he's like, nope, nope, nope. you're going into this, I'm sorry, just to, to beat this to death, but ultimately, of course, the thing that's on my mind is knowing that, you know, this there are conditions related to this or, or system of organs that your family has had. Mm-hmm. Part uh, of that is in the when they take you in, where they're like, they know especially like look for mm-hmm. these kinds of yeah, things. Yeah, they, they knew this and I, I know asked that seemed obvious, but like, I you'd need to think about that. There's more to this than just, oh, you're going in to get your teeth cleaned. In this instance, you have to wonder if you go in and get your teeth cleaned, or did you find out you have, you've you had mouth cancer for two years and didn't know it? Yeah, although he did say on, on Crohn's disease, like Crohn's disease happens in all sorts of places, and he was only in the bottom part there. So he's like, I didn't see any sign of it in the bottom part. Yeah, my, mine's, be- all, mine's all down there. The Crohn's is much higher up. It, it can cover a lot larger area. It's got a different pattern, and it, it can really make your life. My life was... Very, very difficult. My family's life was, I mean, real difficult. But then, A, I didn't have to get surgery. I really lucked out and went into remission. But B, like learning about Crohn's disease, along the other kind of IBD, aside <clears throat> ulcerative colitis, which I have, is you go like, oh, that's way worse. That's, you know what I mean? Like the, the, the effects that that have on both your health and it's really especially your quality of life go way beyond the relatively primitive caveman problem that the lower area gave me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and you can be required to have surgery for it and it's potentially life-threatening. Oh, it's, yeah, and absolutely. So it's I mean, it's 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 a whole, it's, I'm not gonna say it's like diabetes, but it is a fully involving, well, this is your future now for what's yeah, left and, of it. Yeah, and so I, I asked him about that and he said, um, didn't see any sign of that, but it, you couldn't be 100% sure, but he's like, look, you'd know if you had that base, <laughs> but you'd have symptoms, right, in some Whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was glad uh, to hear all that. So uh, the result of it is two results, the two two lingering results. Number one, I I my glass that I put the tape on, right? Yeah. I just use that one glass plus the whiskey glass to drink this stuff, right? 
Right. But now, because we have sets of both of those glasses, now every single glass in that set, when I drink from it, the ghost of that freaking stuff is, you know, it's got to all be it's in my head. It's not the smell. It's an Eric's water fountain thing. You yeah, like, well, you've, I, you've, I, you've, have you, to, to, to borrow a phrase from Conrad Lawrence, you've imprinted on those glasses as being the source of bad taste. So here's the thing. Um, when my dishes come out of the dishwasher, there is virtually very, spotless, John. There is a very, very mild taste of the dishwashing liquid on them, right? Mm-hmm. We use drying things. We have a fancy good dishwasher, right? But I'm also a super taster who's very sensitive to these things. And so that's why I usually rinse out the glasses, you know, before I drink from them. You can also use just the tiniest little bit of vinegar. Yeah, no, with I water. do. I, we have rinse agents and things I'm like that. Just, you know, like vinegar, just the tiniest, like, like almost homeopathic amount of vinegar and water will really, if you run a cycle on that, your glasses come out really nice. Mm-hmm. And, and That's a life hack. It's faint. But now I associate the feel of that glass. The whiskey and whatever, glasses and the tumbler glasses. Yeah. Like I, it's like I can taste the ghost of that stuff. And I'm like, do I have to throw out these glasses now? Because <laughs> it's not oh, actually shit. there. It was literally only one glass and it was massively rinsed off. But it's just like, but the thing is, the clear liquid, it tastes almost like water, too. It's not a strong flavor. So mm-hmm. when you have a faint hint of something, that you think you have a faint hint yeah, of something. So that's that. to use a, a word that, I don't know, it's triggering. It really is. It's like, I do not have any control over what happens when this sensory thing happens. You know, I was telling my family uh, in Chinatown uh, over the weekend, like, this, this being here right now would be impossibly difficult for my father because he had PTSD from Korea. And he could not be around fireworks. Mm. He could not be around explosions. And I mean, like f- firecrackers just suddenly going off near your head. I get, and well, the reason I said this to Billy, I was like, and, and honestly, like, I'm not trying to say this for clapping, but like now I get uncomfortable. I don't know if trauma can is, you know, they talk about how the way trauma can be passed down. Well, how about this? Knowing my dad's reaction to and like bracing for the possibility of explosions, I couldn't hear a balloon pop when I was a kid. Because I, it was like my, because mm-hmm. I was mm-hmm. experiencing, you know what I mean? Kind yep, of by yep. proxy, like you've not inherited it, but you've absorbed it, it from it's somebody like when, else's It's like when pain. kids are bracing for like their, their, you know, parents, uh, you know, temper, like they're going to, the you know, you sometimes your parent and, and explodes. Nothing, nothing has actually happened, but exactly. you know what this means. Mm-hmm. And that has a very, you've been, if you like, uh, going through all my interests, like you've been conditioned in some ways mm-hmm. for that to be that way. Yeah. So, but I think I'll mostly get over that because I'm I'm drinking from. I think you'll be fine. fine. You could also go a little bit Old Testament on it and maybe have different sets for you and your family. But the thing is, like, there's not all the glasses are identical. I can't even tell which one it was. Like, it's just it's you know it's mostly. Well, you know, if the brain made sense, we wouldn't need it. Yeah. And the second thing is second and final thing because we need to end this to get to our after show because we've gone long. Second final thing. Yeah. I don't know if you had this experience, and I don't know how this is going to how long this is going to last, but I am having the best poops of my life. You feel like it, it's you've got a bar and like it's unbelievable. My really. poops are amazing. Terms, like we don't have to get into specifics, but in terms of the performance characteristics that you heavily associate with, well, that was a good one. Yeah, they're perfect. Yeah. They're like yeah. fashion models. They're you know the chart on the wall they put up with all the different oh, kind of the, poops, and there's the one in the middle that's the good the Bri- poop. I think you're talking about the Bristol scale. Yeah, that we serve, I'm yeah. right in the middle. I'm right yeah. where I'm supposed so to you're be making, every you're, single you're making time. A, a beautiful, solid, contiguous sausage beautiful they oh, even smell better i know i know it's a it's not, i can never decide if this smelling bad or good is i better. don't smell good it's poop, well, no, because but... it is waste if it smells too like so much like something good like it could no, be full it does of, not smell good to be no, clear. But like, if it smells not not as bad as it should maybe it's full of memories 
Yeah. And so, and, and I feel like, like, is this just the side effect of the fact that I cleaned myself out with this terrible accident? Did I clean out like 45 years you, of I garbage? I think you exposed some new, fleshy, gorgeous, pink John tube. You know, I mm-hmm. think you've, and I think you just bought yourself a second chance with that, I, with the, that yummy, and, and, that yummy, yummy cocktail you enjoy. And I thought it might go away, but that was on the 30th. And here we are, February 7th, a week later, and what? every single poop is it's been perfect. Really? And you haven't changed anything else about what you're doing? No, I'm eating garbage food. I'm back to my normal crappy diet. (laughs) Like, it just doesn't matter what I eat, doesn't matter what I do. (laughs) You're unbreakable. I don't know how long this is going to last, but I'm I'm just going to ride this. Promise me you'll use your powers for good. Some people, some people say they love the drugs. I say get yourself a colonoscopy because you'll never poop like this. 